Tuscaloosa's longest-running sports show. The biggest goal of our team, especially in the first half. We at Bama, we're trying to be the best. Always is to win a national championship. Something cool to look back on. We don't want to waste a failure. You're inside the game. John Mechie on the ground. Appreciate your interest in the game. On your home for Alabama sports. Alabama wins. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Powered by Tuscaloosa Toyota. Now, now, here's your award-winning host, Ryan, Ryan Fowler. And a big good afternoon. <laughs> and a big good afternoon to you uh, here in the game. I got a little bit of a cold. I don't know. I got this California crud. I don't know. Maybe the Democratic flu. You never know. But uh, what? Yeah, it could be. Could be. I mean, I was out there. I mean, I was out there wallowing and uh, all kind of things. But I tell you what, it's good to see you, Noah. It is. I'm gl- grateful to be back. I think it's just a little bit of a, a cold. I don't feel bad. I just sound bad. But uh, I'll do my best. Try to manage through this for the next four hours. Um, you never know what you catch in those airplanes. Do you, you ever do that? Like when you when you travel and you get on a plane and they pressurize that cabin. Does that do something for you? Because it does for me. I feel like it just throws you off. It makes you crazy. I'm just back from mine as well, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, because just... you sound a little little under the weather. I, yeah. I talked a lot, and I, I think I got a little under the weather. Yeah. I think a lot of people are. And uh, anyway, so uh, hopefully I'm not contagious uh, enough to share it with anybody here. I told Noah to stay over there, and I'd stay over here, and I'll clean the studio when I leave uh, just to double check and make sure my colleagues I don't share anything with those uh, guys. But it is good to be back. Um I will tell you that we got a lot of breaking news uh, since we got back. Uh, since we went off the air yesterday, we've we've had multiple players that have jumped in this transfer portal, and we're going to try to keep you up to date. Uh, Terrence Ferguson was the latest just a couple of minutes ago. Seth McLaughlin also putting his name in the transfer portal, and I think that really changes things, does it not? I mean, when you think about uh, the starting center, I guess it would be James Brockemeyer. Um, Terrence Ferguson now gone. Uh, Darren Dockhorst gone. Eligibility's done. Seth McLaughlin transferring out. Now, now this is a little bit odd, okay, because I know the snap issues were there. But I think it, you you got to go back. I mean, just like we did yesterday. Yeah, you can blame the player, absolutely. But if it's the same problem over and over and over and over and over, I think it's uh, one of those that you have to go back and say, okay, somebody's got to coach that up. Uh, you've also had a coach that have left for Texas A&M. Texas A&M is taking these victory laps. Uh, I've noticed that they've, hey, we got one of Alabama's coaches. We got one of Alabama's coaches. Holloman Wiggins, I think, is a solid football coach. I think he's a better recruiter than he is a developer. Uh, really, if you think about the talent at that wide receiver spot, when, I mean, even this year, there's a lot of dudes out on that football team. A lot of guys. So when you think about production, uh, recruiting has been there, but it's not been one of those that they've been able to, to say, hey, Look at these development. It's really had a significant drop-off. But when you have Jalen Waddle, when you have Jerry Judy, when you have a Heisman winning wide receiver by the name of Devontae Smith and many others, and then Jamison Williams comes in as a transfer, he really saved you, right? I mean, he puts it at, at a different situation. I mean, Jermaine Burton has no doubt improved as a player. But I think when you start looking at some of those younger guys, um, I don't see a like something just overwhelming. So to ask if this is a big loss, I think it's a bigger loss on the recruiting trail. That That's what I think it is. I think it's a bigger loss on the recruiting trail than it is on the football coach. But I, I have to go back and ask, and I was talking with a former player about this. Um, you know, the great thing if you fly, and, and we flew into Nashville last night. Uh, no, I got back to Tuscaloosa like 5.30. Whenever I sent you that email, 
I had just got back to Tuscaloosa. So, wow. Uh, we flew right into Nashville because we couldn't get anything out of Birmingham, right? I mean, that was the uh, Orient to Birmingham. So we ended up uh, flying there, uh, renting a rental car, and uh, we drove back. And I'm very thankful uh, after driving that rental car. Don't say what the brand is because I didn't – I mean, I, I drove it, but I'm like, uh, I missed my Toyotas. Uh, it's, it's a little bit different model. And it's not a Toyota. So uh, Tuscaloosa Toyota powers the program each and every day, 3325. And when I drive other vehicles, it's like a confirmation. I'm glad I'm a Toyota man. That's right. Um, because of the quality that they provide. It's just a, it's a different drive. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just when you get in uh, other vehicles and hopefully nobody comes out and takes a picture of me. Look, 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 Ryan's not even driving a Toyota. I'm always scared of that because I feel it's important to me when I endorse a product that I'm also using that product. That's right. Uh, if I tell you to go have a, a meal at Southern Owl House, people know that I eat there. I eat there often. Uh, matter of fact, I had someone out in the Rose Bowl walk up to me and say, hey, I was in Tuscaloosa a few weeks ago and I tried your favorite place. It's not one. Of, it's not, I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite places. I've got several uh, that I love. Southern Owl House is one of those. Uh, Nuke's Eatery is one of my mm -hmm. little favorite places. I love a great salad, a great sandwich. Uh, California-style pizza. Uh, Big Mike's is another one of my favorites. Certainly Dreamland's right there with them. Uh, and, and I love, you know, I, I had some great Mexican out there, but, you know, Pastor's out in Northport, it, it's it's right there. I mean, it, it's as authentic as Mexican food as you can get without going to Mexico. That's right. That's right. Now, I had to, I thought about you uh, yesterday. I had a late flight as well, coming back from Chicago, straight direct flight to Birmingham. What time did you get back? I got back around like 1230 a.m. Okay. Uh, and But I heard some of my fellow passengers were like, we were at the Alabama game. So some people waited yep. and were flying back yes. last night just like me. Well, and, and see, this is the problem is I always forget about it. And someone asked me to uh, make some quotes for a national article of why. Because we were the only radio station there on Radio Row. Okay. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. I mean, whether we're talking about. But I wrote, uh, he asked me for some quotes and said, okay, if you're the only radio station there, then please give me some quotes where we can kind of help understand this. And I said, I almost think that it's becoming, and you guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong, we've done this for so many years, it's almost like it's expected, right? But as college football has expanded or will expand next year, uh, I don't know exactly, you know, what I'm going to be able to do. Financially, you know, it, it's it's a challenge. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. It was, uh, and I did, I, I ate most of my meals in the media, uh, place, but uh, when you start adding up, it's probably about a five thousand order up. Even I mean, with all those sponsors that we had, we had like several that were yeah, helping us be out. There. But but it's it's almost like when you think about Radio Row, and so it was empty this year. It was singular, not plural. It was singular, and so you know, I almost think about where it's going in the future. And uh, when we talk about that, was a good trip. My wife went with me, but you know, if if you let's say, and I knew s several media members who also went out the same time I did, so they have to give up being on Christmas Day with their family. I mean, let that sink in. I mean, that's uh, college football really doesn't give a darn about you as the fan, me as the media. They're going to do what they're going to do. Exactly. And a Monday game is not ideal, and it, it's not. Um, it's it's inconvenient. Uh, how about those people that had to get back today, or maybe they got back and they had to go to work like you and I did, or maybe you had to get up at 6 a.m. and you had to get back at 5 and, and you go to work at 6. So when you when you begin to think about it, because um, all of your fans are rushing. Now, according to Jack Swarbrick, uh, fans don't travel back-to-back -back games. So Alabama fans would have came back for a couple of days, and then they went straight to Houston, because uh, that's who they are. So when you think about, 
the University of Alabama, the support, uh, it costs a lot of cash uh, to be supportive. And uh, I think a lot of Alabama fans were probably saving their money because I thought when you look at Michigan, it was probably around a, a 60, 40, 65. Um, and may, I mean, maybe 65, but it, but it was – it, it, the Michigan fans did have a majority, okay? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to hear sugarcoat it. And you, well, you could pretend that, well, some of the black jerseys that people were wearing could have been Alabama. They could have been. I mean, I noticed I've seen Alabama logos with black shirts. So today is a conversation with Josh from College Football Nerds. I, I'm, I'm excited to get some uh, information from Josh, okay? We're, we're going to talk with him. We're going to pick his brain. And we're going to react to Seth McLaughlin because I'm going to ask him, in his opinion, how does he label all this? Where does he put some of that blame? He is an analytic guy, and he's been one of our favorite guests. So if you only hear one interview, don't miss Josh from College Football Nerds. And then I want to continue what we talked about yesterday because it is, um, it, it's one of those things that uh, where does this program go from here? Where does this program go from here? Because now it becomes harder to win a national title. You have to go through more games. Uh, you, you've got to travel, uh, and, and that adds something to it. I mean, I, I think I told you guys, Alabama wasn't even going to come back to Tuscaloosa. Um, I talked to several different people and, and, and several people that were uh, on the coaching staff that said, uh, hey, we're, we're, we're going direct to Houston. Uh, and I, I won't reveal their name, but uh, several coaches told me, uh, that a cu- couple of GAs as well said, uh, "Hey, listen, we're we're going straight here. We we literally brought all of our stuff. So that's a little bit of a hurdle because you don't have all your facilities, you don't have all your recovery facilities. Yeah, you can probably use, I don't know, the Houston Texans. Maybe with D'Amico Ryan's, you might have been able to get there. But I mean, to get a body ready to go, uh, there's a challenge, and uh, that's why Alabama has the best technology uh, in college football that they can walk in all those therapeutic pools." and uh, be able to work all that out. We'll talk to Josh coming up in a couple of minutes. We'll take your phone calls. I am back in Tuscaloosa, and I tell you, driving last night, I was, man, I was, whoa. It was, but I I, I kept looking. Tuscaloosa, 74 miles. Tuscaloosa, 44 miles. And, you know, the closer you get to this place, you just begin to feed off the energy of Tuscaloosa. I pulled in, I was energized, and I said, am I going to be able to go to sleep? Am I going to be able to go to sleep? Took a shower. I had no trouble going to sleep. Man, my head hit the pillow and it was out. Uh, I didn't even watch TV. Normally I watch five or six minutes of TV before I tap out. No, no, there, there was no TV. But uh, Seth McLaughlin told us out at the media day that he had enrolled in a new program at Alabama, that he was going to start his second master's. He'd already finished one master's. Now, remember, he was also the scholar athlete uh, when they taught the top scholar athlete on the team. So they awarded him at Lowry's uh, Prime Rib, which we did the big banquet. And we had all the video and stuff. Uh, Seth McLaughlin was the top scholar. So he had already finished one degree, finished a master's degree, and was going to start another degree. So what changed? Was it the snaps? Was it the reaction from the fans? Because I've seen it. We've heard it. Um, I mean, but also before he even heard it, um, he was in that locker room before he could have even notice it, and he chose not to talk to the media. So either he had a plan there uh, or developed a plan on his flight back. I mean, you got a lot of a little think tank there when you're flying up 50,000 feet headed back. We'll talk to Josh from College Football Nerds. We'll get his analysis. Do not miss it. If you're going to hear one conversation, hear this next one. T-Town, Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. 
With a high projected in the mid 40s today, the low tonight in the mid 20s tomorrow, warming up to the low 50s. We got rain in the picture for Friday and on Monday, which should help the drought conditions in Alabama. Plus, the ongoing wildfires in Alabama. The largest wildfire is 28 acres in the Talladega National Forest in East Alabama. And when you log on to TuscaloosaThread.com, you can find out more about a Crimson Tide commit winning Alabama Gatorade Player of the Year. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. Football. DreamlandBBQ.com. Dreamland Barbecue. Since 1958, Coach Braun arrived at the University of Alabama. So did Dreamland with Big Daddy's Barbecue Hickory Smoke Ribs. If you're talking about catering for that big tailgate or maybe it's just that family gathering or that small office party, you can do it at either location. You can also order online. Carry out, curbside pickup, delivery are now available. It is DreamlandBBQ.com. We do our score prediction every Tuesday and Wednesday, made possible by Dreamland. That wonderful hickory smoke barbecue ribs. How about the Big Daddy barbecue sandwich? Those wings are underrated. They're one of the best in town. You'll find them there. How about those barbecue baked potatoes? Absolutely. Either location in our immediate area, Tuscaloosa and the original location there off Jug Factory Road, downtown Northport. Dreamland ain't nothing like them nowhere. Pharmacy at Midtown, TJ Thomas. He's the Nick Saban of pharmacists. And if your pharmacist doesn't have an Alabama shirt on, you don't want him. 205-752-0627. Sterile compounding facility, the only sterile compounding facility here in T-Town and West Alabama. All the compounding needs, the retail side. If you're looking for a pharmacy, many of those have closed here in West Alabama and you're looking to transfer your prescriptions, pharmacymidtown.com, pharmacymidtown.com conveniently located right there at the back of Midtown. You'll find the pharmacy at Midtown a huge part of our show. Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and cold with a chance of some light rain at times this afternoon. The high 45. Tonight clearing with the low at 29. Tomorrow mostly sunny. The high 51. And Friday cloudy during the day. Rain by Friday night. The high 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're inside the game on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. noticed out at the Rose Bowl when I'm walking off the field and uh, not that the field conditions were in terrible, but uh, I think I told you guys yesterday, I watched a lot of players uh, slip and fall and bust their butt for both teams, Michigan and Alabama. I saw a guy from Michigan as he was walking back in the tunnel uh, because you came off this field and it was like a, it was a weird substance. I don't know if it was the humidity. I don't know if it was something they sprayed on to make it look good. I don't know if it was the paint, but I noticed it was uh, super, super slippery. And I watched a lot of players uh, bust their butt. But one of the things that I was doing, I was sitting there watching a lot of the former Alabama players, like from Mark Ingram uh, to Patrick Sertain. Uh, many of those guys had traveled out there uh, to to support Alabama. And not just support Alabama, but you know, yesterday, 
the frustration that you showed on this show was the same frustration that they – I mean, they looked like they had played in the game, and, and certainly they, they've put their blood, sweat, and tears in this program. Uh, but you could see their emotions, right? Uh, they were not happy. I mean, you, you saw multiple of those guys um, just on the sidelines kneeling down. Uh, you know, I guess it, it's great when you can go to a place where these Alabama fans are and, – and the players react the same way. And I'm going to read some of those coming up in a couple of minutes. Right now, we're going to Josh from collegefootballnerds.com, collegefootballnerds.com, CFB Nerds on the Twitter account. Josh, we need therapy today. I hope all is well. Welcome into the game in Tuscaloosa. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you for uh, being a part of our show. Uh, I'm just going to ask you a very generic question. What went wrong? How much time do you have, Ryan? I can do two segments if you can do it. (laughs) Um, don't feel like you're rushed, well, please, because, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I told the audience, they don't listen to one interview this week. Listen to this one, and you can shut it off and go home. <laughs> well, I, I don't think I'll keep you that long, but, uh, the, I mean, there's a lot of things that go right or wrong in a game like this. And, and look, let's let's start with one thing, which is when you're playing elite teams in big games with a lot of time to prepare and a lot of motivation, small problems become big problems. And I think that's something that really showed up for Alabama in this game. There were a lot of lingering issues that Alabama had had throughout the season. A lot of things we flagged, some things we hadn't flagged. And they all really sort of coalesced to cause them to lose uh, lose this game. But it was a lot due to the pressure that Michigan put on them. And a couple examples from that that everybody seems to point to, but I think they're both completely valid. One is that the snap issues caused Alabama a lot of problems with timing coordination, stopped a couple drives, and that was pretty critical. And then the second thing is, as has been the case really all year, they do have limitations at quarterback with, with how they operate, what they run, the way the offense is run. They did some different things in terms of how they ran play calls, uh, according to Saban himself after the game and, and just watching it live that I think sort of backfired. And all those limitations feel so crippling now because you're playing a game against a team where, for example, the last play of the game in overtime, you know, you don't get a win at the offensive line, right? Michigan does plug a lot of the gaps. They do get some penetration, and everything had to be perfect in order to get a score there trying to run the ball in from the three-yard line. There are a lot of teams where you could have that same play call, have the things go the way they did, and you might well blow them off the ball in the fourth quarter because of your depth, because of who they are, and you score. But when you play a team like Michigan who had a ton of defensive line depth, I had some guys that were probably better than your offensive linemen. You know, now all of a sudden things that you kind of got away with become a problem. Um, but I, I do think it's notable that a lot of the issues they had were the exact same things that caused them issues against Auburn, the exact same things that caused them issues when they stalled against Georgia, against other teams. And I, I think they all just came kind of came home to roost in this one. All right. Can you put your finger on what is going wrong with the snaps? Because now we have seen Seth McLaughlin told us at media day, because I was right there beside him. He said, I've already started a new master's program. I don't know if that performance pushed him in. I don't know if the reaction pushed him in. Uh, but l- let that sink in. What What is wrong and why can it not be fixed on the coaching side of things? I don't think I or anyone else has an answer for you. I mean, I doubt they had this kind of problem in practice or I don't think they would have rolled with him at center. Um rolling with him almost feels like a pun right now, but it's not the, I think there were other things though, that really sort of coalesced, you know, Saban talked about after the game, they went away from something we had talked about on the show 
about midway through the season where they started calling a lot of things from the sideline. I had noted when Milroe was struggling early in the year that a lot of the sacks that Alabama were suffering were due to pre-snap issues. They have a lot of issues with how they were calling protections. They didn't get slide protections over, like, meaning if you overload one side, you have to have a call. If you're by the offensive line of the quarterback to say, hey, we need to shift our offensive line, and we got three guys coming on the right. I've only got two blockers. So everybody, you know, when you snap the ball, you're all going to take a step to the right, and you're going to take one guy to the right. It's called slide protection. That has to be called pre-snap. If you don't, you're not going to get it accounted for. One of the big early sacks in that game, I think in the second half, came because it's an overload on the right side, didn't slide protect, and you end up with a free rusher, and Milrow got clocked. Um, I, due to sign-stealing concerns, supposedly, and this is sort of taking away from Saban's comments after the game, Alabama abandoned something they did before, which is midseason, they would turn, go to the – uh, go to the ball and then often pause, look to the sideline, and then the sideline was signaling in things like the protections, checks, audibles. Sometimes they were even, as I understand it, even telling Milrow maybe where to throw the football. And then they would go back and line up and run the play because uh, under the system that Bill O'Brien had set forth, I'm not a big fan of how extensive it was, but they had relied on the quarterback to call a lot of those things. Um, a lot of that was because of who Bryce Young was. Um, it was a lot of times reasons why Bryce Young would snap the ball with very little on the play clock because he was calling all this stuff pre-snap. But he knew how to do it. They designed the offense around it. And this year they found out that they didn't have any quarterback that was ready to be able to do anything at that level. Um, I think a lot of that's just unrealistic to expect somebody to be at the level of polish that Bryce Young was. But it, but it was reality. Um, but against Michigan – they were kind of scared to call that stuff in from the sideline because Michigan has, you know, a proven history of stealing signs. And you can talk about the illegal sign stealing where they're monitoring things with video, but it is legal to steal signs mid game. And I think they were probably concerned that Michigan was a very practiced hand of monitoring the other sideline, trying to decipher signals. And they might figure out the protection calls that they're signaling in, in the middle of the game. So they decided to instead, rely on the offensive line, and I think it was on Seth McLaughlin, to make those calls. And then this wraps around to the answer to your question, why does Seth end up starting? Well, in my opinion, and this is mostly a guess, but it's an educated guess, Seth in that game was responsible for the line calls. He's responsible for the protection calls because they're not signaling it in from the sideline and they weren't comfortable having the quarterback do it. That meant they needed Seth on the field, much more so than being a center or even a blocker. They needed him on the field because he was the guy that was prepped to run that offensive line. And it kind of tied their hands a little bit. Um, I think that was probably a coaching error and an overreaction. I, now saying that, I don't think they anticipated everything to go the way it did. Um, I think for his part, McLaughlin, if I'm right on this, and based on my understanding of what happened, I think at least the facts are true. I think he was probably overwhelmed in that situation. Um, Michigan did something they don't normally do. They put a defensive tackle head up on him. They knew physically he's not a huge guy, not an overly strong guy. And so he was having a really hard time with the Michigan defensive tackles that are going to be future NFL stars, genuinely very, very good players. And he's got that coming. He knows when he snaps the ball. Now he has all this mental stuff he's got to take care of all pre-snap, make sure he's watching what's going on, trying to see if a linebacker or a corner is blitzing which means he's turning his head side to side and trying to look at what's going on. Really hard to see all that from the center position. And then he's got to snap the football. And at different points, uh, 
I think he failed at all three of those things because he was maybe to some degree trying to do too much. Um, but the truth is with that scheme and that setup, I don't know that they had another player that they could put in that they knew could actually make those calls and could do everything else. And so I think they were kind of in a position where they were stuck. Um, and it's a little bit self-inflicted, but it's one of those things where if you got, you got a guy that's making a lot of calls, you can't necessarily pull him mid-game because the guy that you brought in probably doesn't know how to do the call leadership mental part of the game the way uh, the guy does that's been getting all the reps in practice for the last month. All right, let's 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 go back to the offensive game plan in general. How would you grade the overall game plan, the way that they tried to attack Michigan? Uh, um, you know, I, I'll say C plus, maybe B minus. I would have had you as a professor, Josh. <laughs> I, I don't know that the game plan itself was actually that bad. I mean, the execution was worse than the plan is really what I'm getting at, Ryan. Um, there were some things that I think were serious mistakes. The, the way they called plays in, as I said, was a mistake. Um, I think they thought probably the time off would give them the opportunity in a one-game situation for people to be able to handle it, and they didn't. Um, that probably surprised them, and I think that was a major error. But in, in a lot of other ways, you know, they had guys open. They had opportunities. If you go look uh, on ESPN, if you, if you can – Log in with your provider and go on ESPN. You can actually watch the all-22 film of the game, which is kind of interesting, seeing all the guys running downfield. They had guys open pretty consistently. Um, you know, they had opportunities, and either the offensive line didn't hold up, you know, the snap was bad a number of times, the quarterback didn't see the open man. And many times in this game, Michigan brought pressure, and Alabama failed to attack that pressure, throw against the blitz. Um those things I wouldn't put on the game plan. I mean, I would say the offensive performance was like a D minus. Um, but the game plan itself wasn't so bad, in my opinion. Now, I will say they only ran the ball, I think it was like nine times. The running backs both averaged over six yards a carry. I think it was a real mistake not to run them more. And I'm saying that even when you're in like third and 11, I think there were times they should have run the ball outside the tackles in, in situations where they, Michigan wasn't expecting it, they probably were more likely to move the sticks running it. Or especially when they're on the 50-yard line, you run the ball and you don't get it, maybe you try again on fourth and three. Um, but on those occasions when they were like third and 12, they never converted. Um, so I do think that was another fault. But most of it was execution. And I will say from the quarterback position, you know, Milrow really had not had a great game against Auburn or Georgia. Um, but this was worse. Um, this was much more a reversion to how it was early in the year. And there were a lot of things that were schemed open or schemed available to him that he did not take advantage of. It's just purely a fact. Michigan had a great defensive game plan, which we can talk about, which took away certain opportunities and created others. Um, but it really wasn't a game plan issue, I think, as much for Alabama as it was an execution issue and recognizing that, you know, post-snap, pre-snap, uh, and, and taking advantage of it, and they just couldn't do it. Uh, Tony Sakalas has now broke a little bit of a story here uh, since you and I have been on the phone. Uh, when you look at uh, the managing editor of Tide Illustrated, part of the Rivals Network of websites, uh, Seth McLaughlin is also considering NFL, entering into the NFL draft where he is projected as a late-round pick or undrafted free agent. So uh, 
Whoa. Do you have to snap in the NFL, uh, Josh? Yeah, you do. I mean, I've so I've heard, and I guess I'll just say this. I mean, I've seen reports in the last 30 minutes that both McLaughlin and, interesting, Terrence Ferguson, sure. I don't know if you've reported yeah, on the radio, right, are, are both both gone. Um, you know, it, it, maybe it says a little bit about the fact that McLaughlin knows his future at Alabama may be kind of done. Now, he's a he's an older player. He's got his degree. And this may be purely a deal where he knows if I stick around, I don't really have anything to gain, right? I'm going to practice. I'm not going to play. My stock is not going to be any higher. I've got nothing more to gain academically. I just need to move on and see where I land. Um, uh, I will say, you know, an interesting point with Ferguson that maybe surprises people. It seems like a good time to bring it up. Um, I had done some breakdowns of Alabama after the South Florida game and what happened on their offensive line. I'll note that was a game where Terrence Ferguson started for Booker at left guard. Um, and the way I graded it out, uh, Ferguson was the weakest link on that offensive line in that game and the, the largest cause of pressures. So I'm frankly, I'm not really shocked there either. He's a big physical guy. I know the staff was very high on him developmentally and what he could become. But from an assignment technique standpoint, I think he had so many issues in pass protection. They didn't feel like they could start him yet. So, I mean, there's, there's a reason both those guys are gone. There's a reason Ferguson didn't play to answer the prior question over McLaughlin, which is that he definitely had his own issues. Um, I fully expect, frankly, Alabama to be looking to the portal. Um, I, I don't think the Brockermeyer kid from what I've heard is really physically where he needs to be. Um, and just, to, it's nothing he's done. It's just a size perspective. Um, they'll probably find a guy in the transfer portal, I would imagine, to play center, and they'll probably be better off for it. Josh, let's go back to that final play because people want to go back and double down. You, you briefly mentioned it, but I want to go back and, and just maybe help us understand what you think was called there. There's a lot of different things. I mean, I know it's number five out to the side uh, in one of those plays. I mean, maybe there was an element there. Maybe that was just eye candy. But uh, when you look back at that final play, uh, can you help us understand maybe what went wrong there in that particular play? It's so hard uh, because in, in those situations, ideally, you give the quarterbacks an option. And the reason people do that is the defense can always guess, right? They can guess you're going to run inside. They can guess you're going to throw, and they can sell out one way or the other. And if you do a called play and the defense guesses correctly, you're probably going to fail. Um, if you give the quarterback the option and you've got a good quarterback that knows exactly what he's doing, you get to prep him on the sideline and say, this is what you're reading then, ideally, you go to the ball, and whatever the defense does, he makes the right read, and he chooses wrong. Um, so, you know, that's what happens in an ideal world. But, again, that's really not what Alabama's been doing. Um, that play looked like an RPO where they, they pull Roydale Williams out of the backfield. They flare him left. That pulls a linebacker out. It's easy to say, well, you know, that's an RPO play, and when the linebacker is late following the back, then you're supposed to throw to the back. I think in an ideal way, that's probably what the call is. Um, I'm not sure that's true, though. I think that may have been just a design play call where they knew the back would follow him, uh, follow with the backer, and so they knew that would pull the linebacker out of the lane, and then it's just a design play call to run. Um, and if that's true, then Michigan did guess it. I think that play call, frankly, is – Maybe a good play call from the two. I don't know that it sounds like a lot, but it's a much harder play call from the three. You know, that extra yard is a big deal on those short yardage power runs. And Michigan guessed it. They knew it was coming. They all came forward at the snap. 
Um, now the snap itself was low and right, which meant Milrow took his eyes off, picked the ball up, ran straight ahead, and I think everybody kind of knows what happened there. Right tackle gets blown up. Um, it's, it wasn't really even tackled. Milrow actually trips over the right tackle's legs in the backfield. Um, but that play call was really designed for him to go, as far as I could tell, B or C gap on the left side. He's supposed to be following uh, Jaden Roberts, who's a pulling guard, and maybe had a chance with the right timing. I'm still not sure it, it did because of how well Michigan defended it. Um, so it was probably just sort of dead on arrival because of how aggressive they were. Um, you know, if if you can go back and redo the call, if Alabama calls a jump pass there and the tight end leaks, he's probably wide open because Michigan was completely selling out to the line of scrimmage. They totally believed it was going to be a QB run. They were right. Um they didn't do anything, you know, the backers, it's easy to see how much penetration they're getting, but what they were giving up is if any of the Alabama tight ends had released, the backers were already engaged. They had no way to cover them. Um, so they just sold out on the run, they guessed correctly, and, and that was kind of ball game. But um, I also think it's sometimes a mistake to obsess too much about those plays because, you know, every touchdown in college football matters. It's, it's not like basketball and you know, Alabama was in that position because they'd just given up a touchdown in overtime, because they'd given up a loss on a run play earlier in that drive, um, and they were only in overtime because they squandered multiple opportunities to score and put the game away late in the fourth quarter. They'd failed to score earlier. You know, first drive of the second half, they fumble a snap uh, and take away a drive at midfield. So, you know, that, that play was crucial. But at the same time, I would say fourth, you know, fourth down from the three-yard line, is not ever going to be a particularly high percentage play in terms of winning. So if you got there, you probably already failed somewhere else, and that's really what decided the ballgame. Josh, uh, let me ask you about Holloman Wiggins uh, going to Texas A&M. Is this a big loss? Now, this, this maybe is a little out of my depth. Um, okay. You know, I can't say for sure what he does or does not add. And it, well, just, let, just, look, just just evaluate the wide receivers. Uh, when you look at this group uh, over the last couple of years, do you see a development side of there? You know, honestly, it's hard to argue too much for great okay. development for the receivers. Uh, and I, I think you probably know that too, right? I mean, Jermaine Burton made a lot of improvement. Bond has been the guy that's really stepped forward for them. But that group that they had in 2020 and 2021, which was a lot of guys he recruited – um, I think I know at least one of those classes is entirely gone now with Javori Brooks. So, you know, it's hard if you're an Alabama fan. I don't know that I'd be too upset um, because they, they've had a lot of guys not pan out. Now, they've got some young players that everybody seems really high on. I know these they got a couple incoming freshmen, especially if Ryan Williams does sign with them, that have the potential to be superstars. Uh, but in terms of guys on the roster, there were too many, you know, too many guys that they signed and that didn't really pan out, you know, too many agi hall types. Some of that is about who the players were. Some of the, some of it's the coaching staff. Um, something I've often picked up, uh, tried to point out is in the national title game in 2021, everybody remembers agi hall dropping a key pass against Georgia. People forget that Javon Baker was actually the backup wide receiver that year going into the postseason. And he transferred prior to the playoffs. So he wasn't there, and that's why A.G. Hall was starting. Baker ended up being – he's been the leading receiver for UCF in recent years since the transfer. Um, you know, you keep him on the roster. You keep him, you know, 
from a off the field standpoint, I think he had issues. You get that right. You get him developing. Maybe he steps in. Maybe you win the title game with a play from him. But because he wasn't even on the roster anymore, come come uh, championship time, you don't remember it. So they've had a lot of turnover issues, a lot of developmental issues at receiver. I think they've had a lot of evaluation issues at receiver. They've had a lot of guys that just did not pan out. Um, so at the very least, I can't point to anything to say why he would be a loss. Um, but that's not necessarily to say that somebody else is going to be better. I, I just can't see any particular reason why you should be too upset about it. Final question, Josh, I promise, because this has been uh, quality in-depth stuff, and we appreciate you throughout uh, 2023. We're excited about 2024. And uh, just hearing you break down games is, is the, the way that you do it provides a lot of insight to all of us. When you look right now in coaching and recruiting, Nick Saban has always said you must be a veteran, excuse me, elite recruiter. Matter of fact, sometimes he'll take an elite recruiter over a veteran coach. With a transfer portal, is that still the right decision? Because it's almost like, yeah, recruiting is important, but because of NIL, uh, I don't think these guys are making decisions based on the assistant coach. Maybe some of them are, uh, but I think they are got their hand out, and they're looking for who can give them the best bang. It's an interesting question. I, I would still say recruiting does ultimately matter a ton. Um, you know, if Alabama has more dominant defensive linemen, I think we might be having a very different conversation today, and that is – mainly about recruiting. I mean, I, I think they've done a pretty good job developing the guys they currently have, but they don't have a slew of five-star defensive linemen on that roster right now, and you can tell. Um, and, you know, a lot of the successes they have had have been due to high-talent recruits. Um, now, some of those struggles probably have been some bad evaluations, but a lot of that had to do with COVID. You know, they weren't allowed to do as many camps during COVID for that 2020 and 2021 section. And a lot of people still don't realize how much that affected the sport because there are a lot of guys that were five stars who were evaluated on tape um, based on high school play where coaches never got to see them go good on good against other top-level players. And in a lot of cases, guys that probably would have shot up boards or guys that would have fallen off boards based on how they played in a camp setting, um, you know, that never happened. So they ended up going to big schools and a lot of kids that went to smaller schools have ended up being better. I think that's actually been a main driver of parity. But as we get back to normal and, and they get to see kids in camps, I do think recruiting is going to matter more and more. Um, but to your point, you know, I, I would say coordinators matter maybe more. You know, the schemes you run offensively and defensively are going to determine how well you use the players. And the thing with taking transfers is yeah well it does negate recruiting i think it also negates development right if you're an assistant coach and you're an assistant offensive line coach and your whole offensive line are transfers what's your job <laughs> you know you get these guys in you might not even get them into the summer your whole job is just trying to put them together and teach them your your line calls and then hoping they know what they're doing because you don't have enough time to develop them you're hoping they're already developed um so you know, it, I think it affects the development side just as much, which means recruiting still maintains, uh, still stays the important part. But on the coordinator side, now that you can go get pieces to fill holes, I think, you know, it's becoming more and more important that you leverage the players you have at a high level. Because if you don't, um, everybody you play is going to be able to fill holes. You know, nobody in the SEC, I think, is going to roll out really, really bad teams on a consistent basis. If you've got a just glaring hole, you're going to take a transfer tackle. You're going to take a transfer quarterback or running back. 
you're going to make sure you have viable pieces, which means you're always going to be able to run your offense. And if you run your offense better than somebody else does, you know, you're going to be successful. And if you have five-star players and you don't run your offense well, well, you're going to play teams that maybe aren't quite as talented, but they've got veteran guys. They're still pretty good, and they're still going to run the offense, and they're going to find a way to beat you. Um, so, you know, I think that's kind of kind of where it ends up. And, you know, I'll, I'll say, if, you mind if I add one more thing here, yeah, Ryan? Yeah, please, please. Take your time. Uh, yeah, the I will say on top of this, it, it's going to be interesting to see where Alabama goes offensively and in defensively in that in that vein. Because I do think Kevin Steele brought a lot of a lot of toughness back to the defense, a lot more consistency. But I also don't know that he was particularly innovative. You saw some of the same problems at the end of the year there. That was an Alabama defense that was once again confused by a team that used a lot of motion and a lot of misdirection in a playoff game. Um, and they may have been tougher and held on longer, but the scheme, I don't know that really advanced. And then offensively, Alabama really struggled, I think, to use their personnel last year. And I do think a lot of it is that Tommy Reese wants to be a more pro-style attack. He wants to be more power run focused with more play action. But that demands a better understanding in the system. That depends on the quarterback being able to identify pressures pre-snap, audible between run and pass, to understand what the defense is doing and take what the defense gives them. And the thing with Michigan in that game is they kind of sat back in zone. Um, you know, a lot of teams like Georgia, Georgia's deal was they were going to spy two players. They were going to play man coverage and it didn't really work. It gave the thing with spying is they're just sitting back. They're not attacking the quarterback. Milrow had time and he would wait till he saw a guy open or he would, you know, eventually scramble or do something, but generally didn't relate a result in a negative play. Michigan sped up the clock. They said, we're going to float back. We're going to basically just sat at the sticks. Most every play. And a lot of times brought six guys in pressure and Milrow could not identify the pressure. Um, a lot of times they had a tight end or running back. A lot of times that were open at the snap. And, and ideally, you dump that off. The guy takes the ball and runs it. Um, but that's is not what happened. And so that scheme that is kind of dependent on that because it's not you know not a zone read scheme. Alabama does not run the zone read well. They have not trained Milrow to run the zone read well. They can't generate yards in like a Gus Malzahn way. I mean, they need to do it with more a read-based traditional offense, and it didn't function. So, you know, they're they're going to have to either reevaluate whether they want to continue with that approach, whether they want to lean into the modified offense they did midseason, which, frankly, I'm not sure how viable that is against high-level competition, or, you know, the quarterback competition is just going to continue on next spring because I think, quite frankly, I think whatever quarterback Alabama starts in August, be it Milrow, Simpson, I don't Lonergan, the new kid saying, I guarantee you he's going to be better than what they ended with this year. And so whether that's Milrow that's improved significantly to run more of the offense, whether Milrow can improve and it's another guy, I don't know. Um, But I do think the offensive scheme they ran with this year, it was a phenomenal coaching job to make the best of a bad situation and to get them where they did. But if your bar is national title and you want to be scoring – you know, this is an Alabama offense that hasn't scored 30 points in, what, three or four games now. Um, that's not going to get the job done. And, you know, I do think they're on the coordinator side, on the player side, coaching side, they're going to have to make some changes to get where they want to be. You think Jalen Milrow can get there? I think he can. Um, but I do think there's a, there are a lot of things he needs to improve on to get there. 
Um, there, there's a lot of responsibilities they took away from him this season and midseason in terms of how he did things pre-snap and whatnot. And as I said, they started doing that from the sidelines. I think they tried to give that back to him in this game. Now, some of it, first-year starter, huge game. Look, lots of guys go rat trap, as Saban puts it sometimes, and they struggle in those environments, and that that's quite understandable. Um, but to a certain degree, you know, there's a whole aspect of the game that was taken away, and it's not just improving. It's, it's kind of learning to run it, period. <laughs> and that's where he's going to need to be. But, you know, he's got nine months to get there, and maybe he does and maybe he doesn't. And, you know, I know that's a, that's a football team that has multiple five-star quarterbacks on the roster, so he's going to be pushed. Um, and, you know, as much as people say Milrow's a young guy, you know, Lonergan's a true freshman. Ty Simpson was a redshirt freshman that had never played before. They got a lot of other guys that are going to have time to improve too. So, you know, I think the ultimate point, if you're an Alabama fan, is that it's not that you should be rooting for somebody else but you should probably take comfort in the fact that whoever does start come next September is going to be a better player than what you ended with this year. And you should just be rooting for everybody on your team to continue to improve. And all those players are going to push each other and you're going to end up with whoever the best one of the bunch is. And it, you know, it may well be Milrow starting as a veteran, but um, I guarantee it'll be better players there in September pushing each other to, to run an offense in a way they weren't able to do this year. Josh from collegefootballnerds.com, collegefootballnerds.com. Josh, I hope we can visit maybe one more time, and uh, whenever that may be, I'm, I'm flexible. But uh, just want to go back and thank you thank you again for all of everything that you provided. And I hope we can continue these conversations, maybe not every single Wednesday, but uh, every couple of weeks that we can talk a little college football here in Tuscaloosa, man. Thank you again for the, all the time. Thanks for always uh, for having me, Ryan. I, I really enjoyed the conversations over the course of the year. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. CollegeFootballNerds.com, CollegeFootballNerds.com, CFB Nerds on the Twitter account. We'll continue with more of the game. Tide 100.9-1230 WTBC, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. DanielMoreArt.com as we celebrate special occasions, birthdays, anniversary, that Alabama fan in your life. It's DanielMoreArt.com. Christmas time upcoming. You want to celebrate that Alabama fan by visiting the website. All the great prints celebrating Heisman winners, great coaches, Nick Saban and Alabama's given us so many great moments to think about. And we talk about living rooms. Tua Tungavailoa, second and 26. Devontae Smith, Heisman Heights, Mark Ingram, Bryce Young, Nick Saban, Coach Stallings, Coach Bryant, DanielMoreArt.com. Remember the code word, the game gets a significant discount. You got to put it in the game, significant discount, DanielMoreArt.com. And we would also ask when you say, where did you hear about this? We'd ask that you would select the game with Ryan Fowler. We greatly appreciate you going to DanielMoreArt.com. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. break we spent a little extended time with josh uh man i learned a lot i mean he he the way he breaks it down it's almost like a professor teaching you 
uh, football one-on-one and telling you what he thinks is happening. They take an analytic approach, and I love it. I love to hear what he's got to say. Uh, many of you have told me it's the best guest that we feature when you look at an analytical standpoint. Uh, we're going to continue talking about it. I do have one more guest. We will talk to Drew DeArmond uh, coming up in the 3 o'clock hour. And we're sitting here texting back and forth because uh, there could be other news around the University of Alabama. Now, that's not a you know a gigantic news, but uh, today – Many of the players are meeting with Nick Saban. They're meeting with him to decide if, if they're going to put their name in the transfer portal. So what a lot of other colleges went through a couple of weeks ago, now Alabama's going through it because now this window is open for a short amount of time. And so you're having a lot of players. If you're just now getting back in your vehicle, you just got off work, Alabama's had multiple players that have put their name in the transfer portal, but there could be more. We'll talk about it next. T-Town, Tide 100.9, WTBC, your home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Of course, Kitchen Mexican Food right there in Northport. If you're looking for the great specials daily, the fajitas are outstanding. The pastures dip, the appetizers, the fried ice cream, always a great option. It is Pastures Kitchen Mexican Food. Also, find the food truck. And we are also now serving breakfast at Pastures Kitchen Mexican Food. Stop by the McFarland Boulevard location. You can also find them in Northside Pastures Kitchen Mexican Food with Pastor Garcia. Now is older. Light up those phone lines on the game with Ryan Fowler. 205-342-9904. You're inside the game on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. At some point, uh, I'm not a music guy, Noah, but I know you are. Uh, will he stay or will he go? Can we put that uh, as a part of our theme song today? Because it seems to be uh, when you think about will he stay or will he go, uh, looks like there might be getting an Alabama, might be getting a quarterback. We're going to have breaking news wow. coming up in just a couple of minutes. I believe that uh, we've got a little bit of announcement. Uh, maybe it goes positive for the University of Alabama. And what does that tell us? I'll ask Rudy Arman next, T-Town. Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Our equipment, if you're looking for chainsaw needs, if you're cleaning up those leaves or yard debris, you'll find the backpack blowers, the battery-operated tools, the Echo Outdoor Power Equipment, Crest Outdoor Power Equipment, the battery-operated tools by Husqvarna, and you'll also find great inventory on the zero-turn commercial and the residential mowers by both Skag and Husqvarna. Service department, do that end-of-the-season maintenance at Northport Power Equipment. It's two blocks east of the Northport Civic Center since 1996, Northport Power Equipment. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and cold with a chance of some light rain at times this afternoon, the high 45. Tonight, clearing with the low at 29. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, the high 51. And Friday, cloudy during the day, rain by Friday night, the high 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. 
Here's Dan Byer. Scary scene in South Florida today as the home of Tyreek Hill, the Dolphins wide receiver, went up in flames. Hill was excused from practice to attend to the matter. The good news is, his reports say that everyone was out of the house and safe. The Dolphins are preparing for a game against the Bills on Sunday night. Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel said earlier today, prior to the news about the fire, that wide receiver Jalen Waddell is making progress and wouldn't be ruled out of their Sunday night game against Buffalo. Bills quarterback Josh Allen limited in practice with a sore neck. He is expected to start. Ravens are going to sit quarterback Lamar Jackson in their finale Saturday against the Steelers. So Tyler Huntley gets the start in week 18. The Chiefs are locked into the three seed in the AFC. So Patrick Mahomes will not play in the regular season finale against the Chargers. Blaine Gabbard gets the start for KC. Rams and Niners both starting backups. Rams going with Carson Wentz. Sam Darnold starts for San Francisco. While Nick Mullins will start at quarterback for the Vikings against the Lions. the game in Tuscaloosa Tuscaloosa, Tide at 100.9 Tide100.9.com you can find us on the app all the listening devices we simply enable the Tide 100.9 skill Uh, I'm back in Tuscaloosa we got back uh, a little bit after 5 o'clock this morning Uh, drove into Nashville uh, landed rented a rental car and drove back because we could not get a flight back into Birmingham that was a that was a headache and for you that did uh, congratulations you spent a lot of money to go out there and watch Alabama uh, lay the big old eggs. So, uh, ee, I know that feeling. Uh, I think I, last year when we went to Santa Clara or whatever, whatever, 2019 went to Santa Clara. That was a expensive trip. But uh, California, uh, love you. Not really. I'm, I'm supposed to say that. But uh, wouldn't hurt my feelings if Alabama never went back out there. It's uh, it's the land of fruits and nuts and mostly nuts. Uh, let's go to Drew Armin, 97.7 The Zone. Uh, Drew, I hope you're having a great day. Welcome into the game in Tuscaloosa. Uh, welcome back, Ryan. Uh, I'm glad you had safe travels back from uh, a state that's, uh, you know, not not dear to my heart either. The great state of California. Yeah, it's it's like a different country. It's just strange. I mean, you walk around and, I mean, people are like zombies out there. I mean, they just stare up into space. I don't know if they're high or what it is, but it's just like they're walking around. Not all, not all, not all, but some. Uh, they just walk around like zombies. Just, uh, <laughs> just yeah. It's strange. It's strange. But, hey, we didn't get you all to talk about that. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the game, but I want to also get your uh, some news here that multiple people are reporting this. Let me start it with Charlie Potter. Uh, I believe that, um, you know, you think about the this story around Ty Simpson. He's coming back. And uh, I tell you, I was down with a couple of national reporters down at the bottom after the game, and I said, all right, so in your opinion – do you think there can be a quarterback competition? And most of us said, no, it's going to be Jalen Milrow's job. But who is it that's going to compete? Who's going to push one another? Well, Ty Simpson's now made this decision to come back. Um, Your reaction? And that's reported by Charlie Potter on three. I want to make sure I cite my source there. Charlie Potter on three. Well, I I want to give Nick Kelly a shout-out. Nick Kelly uh, also confirmed reporting it it as well. Yeah, he he confirmed it. But, yeah, I mean, no doubt. Um, those are two reputable sources, no doubt about that, when it comes to Alabama football. And, um, but I will say I heard a few weeks back that, you know, be a, someone that had spoken to Ty Simpson's father, uh, that he, he had, that Ty's father was encouraging him to return. So it doesn't shock me. I thought Ty showed a lot of improvement when the, in the times he was able to play. 
uh, in the stead of Jalen Milrow. Uh, certainly, uh, I think he can push Jalen. Now, it's Jalen's job. It's Jalen's locker room. I mean, I know Milrow didn't play his best game, uh, you know, on as you were there uh, on, uh, on, you know, on uh, this uh, on January one, I mean on Monday, no question about that. But the entire football team didn't. Uh, I wouldn't. I'm not going to put all the blame on uh, certainly on Jalen Milrow. I'm not going to put all the blame on Seth McLaughlin. I'm not going to. You know, the defense didn't close it out either. They they lost as a football team. Uh, I think overall the team overachieved. Uh, but I think honestly they lost the game up front on the offensive and defensive lines. They. Did not play a very good first half and dug a hole. Now, as always, they made good adjustments. And for most of the second half, I thought they knocked Michigan's teeth out. But when they had a chance offensively to drive down like they did against Georgia and really put the game away, they weren't able to do it. Will Reichert bailed them out with a 52-yard kick. And he removed all doubt who the greatest kicker in Alabama history is uh, with those two field goals, 50 and 52 yards. But then, you know, the defense had a chance to close it out. And much like the offense couldn't close it out in 2016 against Clemson, this time the defense couldn't close it out either in regulation or in overtime. They just couldn't get it done. They got beat up front too much. And that's what I'm going to be interested to see, all the moves that Nick Saban makes going into next year. Because I just think Alabama, the offensive line steadily improved this year. Obviously, it's going to look much different now. And we'll talk about that later in this conversation uh, because of the transfer portal. But the defensive line has got to get better. There's got to be better development there, better recruiting, because in the past, and the, the game that, that really stuck in my head, Ron, is I know you remember you're very close to A.J. McCarron. A.J.'s comeback for the ages with Norwood in 2012 in Baton Rouge, the screen to Yeldon, and Alabama comes back to win that game. But they still had to close it out, and the defensive line and Damian Square did so. Alabama doesn't have any closers right now on the defensive line, and that's how you get back to winning championships. Right. Drew, let me and let me let me connect. Let me add something to this. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask another hypothetical question, which we do often here, even though Nick Saban doesn't like him. Is the problems at defensive line? Is there any chance that impacts the growth of this offensive line? Because you know, good iron sharpens iron. The good against the good. Uh, if you're challenged, you're going to get better. Uh, certainly the edge guys are able to to do what they're able to do, and, and I'm sure that Caden Proctor probably benefited from going up against Chris Braswell and Dallas Turner. Well, I mean, yeah, you could say that. Um, I did think, though, the offensive line got better. I thought the defensive line, Justin Aboigby, certainly had a great year. Uh, I thought Tim Smith was pretty good, uh, you know, and, and Tim Keenan. I didn't think they were bad. I just think, you know, you've got to you've got to be closers, though, and you've got to be able to close games out. Uh, I didn't think they were able to close out Michigan. Now, they closed out some other games, including Braswell closing out the, you know, uh, Tennessee. But, again, uh, they weren't able to close out, you know, an elite team like Michigan. And until you do that, that's how you get back to winning national championships. A lot of people don't remember this in 2020. But Christian Barmore basically closed out Ohio State uh, with his disruptive abilities, uh, and he's doing a great job with the Patriots. But uh, and then they ha- they really haven't replaced Darian Mathis after he he uh, graduated in 21. Even though a boy he was probably the closest. Uh, but I just think if Alabama is going to get back to that elite level, that's the one that that's a step that needs to be taken. And we'll see whether you know it's a coaching change or 
uh, you know, what the, what or they get more aggressive in the transfer portal at that position. They've already got LT Overton, but we'll see. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, I, but I think overall, this Alabama team overachieved. I mean, we were both there in Bryant Denny Stadium for the uh, the games against Middle Tennessee and Texas. And after the Texas game, there's a lot of questions about this team. A lot of questions about the direction. Then the next week, they didn't have a great effort against South Florida. They won, but it was very ugly. So there was a lot of uh, of doubt. There was doubt in my mind with Lane Kiffin coming to town, uh, and Alabama stepped up and and really uh, they they uh, they had. I thought they had as good. A, this is probably as good a coaching job as Nick Saban's ever done because. Honestly, from one to eighty-five, Ryan, when you talk to think about it offensively and defensively, this team has some first-round draft picks on it. But I don't think it's as talented a team as we've seen at Alabama. And so I think they did a good job, really good job of winning the SEC championship. You know, waxing the dogs for the eighth time in, in nine attempts, and they're you know five and one against Kirby, uh, who's built a great program over there. But they just didn't get it done against Michigan. Uh, credit to you know Jim Harbaugh and those guys. And what I've said on Talking Ball, I'm saying on this show, sometimes you just get beat. And Alabama got beat. Uh, certainly, uh, they came very close to winning that game. A play here or there could have won it, but they didn't get it done. And now they have to go into next year when their home and Wiggins is now gone. Coleman Hutchler, I wouldn't be surprised if one or two others left. Uh, so we'll see. So I think, uh, once again, Nick Saban is going to have to rebuild his coaching staff. But as we know, being the 17th uh, year anniversary of his arrival in Tuscaloosa, that's happened every year. Let me ask you about the offensive line coach, Eric Wolford. Uh, Wolford, Coach Wolf is what they call him. Um, how would you evaluate him so far, two years into this experiment? Well, I mean, I think he's done a hey, solid real, real, job. Real quick, real quick, Matt Zinnis is reporting Eli Holstein has entered the transfer portal. Really not a big shock there, but uh, Matt Zinnis is reporting. Eli Holstein has entered into the transfer portal, and I expect that this will be the entire afternoon. Yeah, well, I was joking with you about come on. We were deciding what time I was going to come on at three or three thirty. I said, "Well, Brian, if we wait till three thirty, there might be another couple in the portal." Oh, well, there you go. You were so, right. Yeah. Yeah, and so while I was on the Bumo Bug Show with our good friends Harold and Brett, that's when the two centers went in the portal: Seth McLaughlin and T.J. Ferguson. So uh, this is going to happen. Eli Holstein's a, a good young quarterback. He's behind a lot of guys. They all want to play, especially at that position. So it's no shock that Eli Holstein is entering the transfer portal. Good luck to that young man. Um, I, I want to. I just want to give kudos to Seth McLaughlin too. A great young man who played, played some big games for the University of Alabama during his time at Alabama. They won a national championship in twenty. They won three SEC championships. He was a huge part of them, especially the two SECs. He's got two degrees from the university uh, as a bachelor's and a master's. He, I, I, he, I've been around him. He's certainly a stand-up, smart young man who, whenever he goes into the private sector and football's over, I'm sure he's going to make an outstanding living. Uh, now, I wish him luck in his future endeavors. Uh, hopefully, he'll find a, a, get a fresh start somewhere and do well. But he did, very, he, he did his job at the University of Alabama. I know there were some issues with the snaps this year, but he also played injured. Uh, you know, he played through it. Uh, and I really feel like, uh, you know, he deserves uh, kudos for his career at Alabama. And, uh, you know, good luck to him. And good luck to T.J. Ferguson, a guy that competed for a job this year, fell a little short at the offensive guard spot by the end of the year. He was the backup center. I thought he might get a shot to, to be uh, the starter. Now he's gone. So 
it's going to be interesting. They've got they've signed two centers in the recruiting class, Casey Poe and Joseph Iannata. Uh, both of them are good prospects, but it's very difficult to play center as a true freshman. So uh, it's going to be interesting, Ryan, to see who they move around or what they might do in the transfer portal because there's a, a prospect or two out there that Alabama uh, could definitely, uh, you know, uh, look to add. Uh, go, go back to the question before I interrupted you with Coach Wolf. Um, you know, I was very excited for him coming in as a technician. Maybe that was just me trying to get rid of Doug Marone. Um, I guess so far, maybe a B minus. Uh, I look at this offensive line and I think about, okay, did they really truly get better? Uh, you jump in and give me your analysis. Well, I mean, I thought both years the offensive line started slow and then got better by the end of the year is the best way to put it. Um, I think he's done a solid job. I think he's done a good job of recruiting. I think they've got a lot of good young linemen in the program. And that was an underrated part of when he came in, Ryan, because the year Doug Marone was here, I don't think a lot got done in recruiting. And so they, he needed to recruit and restock uh, the offensive line. I think he's done that. I think he's in the process of continuing to do it. I know they didn't sign an offensive tackle in the recruiting class, but they signed Poe. They signed Dianata. I mean, both those guys are good interior prospects. Uh, William Sanders from Brookwood's a good prospect. Uh, you know, and then they've right, already here's added. Your, here's your another one. Here's your another one. Alabama defensive line, uh, Monkel Goodwine is expected yep. into the transfer report according to Matt Zenitz. Matt Monkel Goodwine uh, didn't play a lot in the rotation like Andrew. Sorry, Barnes. I keep interrupting you with all this news that just continues to break out. I think there's well, going to be more. Gonna it's going to be, yeah. You know, I mean, if we if I had to come on at 3.30, it would go from 3.30 to 4. So it's just going to keep happening. Uh, you know, Monkel's from the Washington, D.C., Mar- uh, you know, area, you know, out there in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, pretty good player. Never really got into the rotation, uh, you know, but uh, good luck to him. Uh, you know, good luck uh, to uh, Eli Holstein, as we said. None of these surprises. Shaz Preston left yesterday. Uh, he wasn't in the rotation at wide receiver. Uh, now, I, you know, and I, look, you got to fight these agents because agents can represent these kids. you got guys, teams going through third parties. Alabama's, I'm sure, still trying to, to fight and hold on to all their starting guys because you're, you've already really lost your top two centers, so you did lose a starter, theoretically, in Seth McLaughlin. So it's a tough time to manage your roster. It's a lot of work for Nick Saban and his coaching staff. He's also got to hire a coaching staff. But I will say this. I always have said this about Coach Saban. I, I think he's a very internally motivated person. And when somebody like, a, you know, a David Pollock, uh, you know, basically calls out his program and says, you know, you're not the best program in the SEC, you know, Georgia rules the world. And then I think he, I think he's, he does, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll use a, a Coach Prime reference. He, he keeps receipts. He doesn't talk about it, but he, you know, and then every now and then he'll refer to it as rat poison. But, he, you know, when people, you know, try to pass rules like the bump rule, when they do this transfer portal, when they All do right, here's NIL. Your one. Here's your another one. I'm sorry, Drew. Uh, Christian Story has now entered the transfer portal, according to Tony Sakalas. Uh, he is also entering the transfer portal. Sorry, I, well, I, I mean, I keep interrupting you, but it's just uh, – here was another yeah. one. Here's another one, uh, literally. I mean, I'm sorry, Drew. I mean, this I, I know this is not the perfect ideal interview, and I may keep you over for one more segment. That's okay. Uh, Malik Benson has entered the transfer portal uh, 22 seconds ago. So – uh, how in the world do you keep up with all this? But uh, Malik Benson has entered the transfer portal as a wide receiver. Uh, Christian Story has entered. Uh, Eli Holstein, uh, Monkel Goodwine, uh, which we just talked about. And who knows? Uh, what will that number be at the end of the day? 
Yep, no doubt. Yeah, I see it now too. Alabama saved the Christmas story. He, uh, you've you know, been you've been big on him. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a very smart kid with a lot of instincts, and so I thought he was going to stay and maybe try to re- compete for Jalen Key's spot. But here's what we don't know: Who is Alabama targeting in the portal themselves? They brought Key in last year. I've said they've already got Damani Jackson coming in at the corner spot. They may be uh, targeting someone at safety. I've said that offensive tackle, which they've already addressed, defensive line, they've addressed. They could try to find another defensive lineman. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I've said corner, and which they did with Damani Jackson. Safety is still another position that Alabama could address and center. So, I still think five, there's going to be some more additions there. But in the end, at least five or six in this transfer portal coming in for the roster to address positions of need. Story was a backup for most of his career. He was still a backup this year, but he made some plays. He does have his degree. He's a great young man, a coach's son. Uh, I think he made some great contributions to Alabama. But obviously, I think he believes his chance to play a bigger role elsewhere there's a greater shot of that than him starting at the University of Alabama, but I wish him a lot of luck as well. Hey, Drew, can you hold on one more segment, please? Sure. Okay, let me let me take a quick break, and I'll break here because I want to ask you a question. I want to give you time to think about it, okay? We had someone yesterday who called in, and uh, I actually got into a little bit of an argument with him, but he used you as a backup. He, he used you to make his argument, and he said that you had said something. So I want to give you time to think about it. Uh, we were talking about Jalen Milrow, and uh, he called up and wanted to celebrate his failure. And uh, I pretty much called him a coward uh, because we hadn't heard from him, you know, after the 31-yard touchdown pass. Uh, but he said, well, me and Drew, or Drew Diamond and I uh, think alike. And I said, well, I haven't heard Drew say that, but I'll ask him coming up. Well, what do you think about Jalen Milrow's future? What does it look like? I'll do that on the other side. Drew D. Armand. Drew D. Armand, 97.7 the zone, talking ball, 7 until 9 up in the Rocket City. Uh, recruiting crazy, transfer portal crazy. What else is happening? Next, T-Town, Tide, 100.9, 1230, WTBC. You're home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Now, this hour's West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. With the high projected in the mid-40s today, the low tonight in the mid-20s, tomorrow warming up to the low 50s. We got rain in the picture for Friday and on Monday, which should help the drought conditions in Alabama. Plus, the ongoing wildfires in Alabama. The largest wildfire is 28 acres in the Talladega National Forest in East Alabama. And when you log on to TuscaloosaThread.com, you can find out more about a Crimson Tide commit winning Alabama Gatorade Player of the Year. Get 20 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center as we wind things down for this Wednesday morning drive. Things are looking pretty well all across the Tuscaloosa area. You're traveling along 2059 from Foster's out to Cottondale. The drive along McFarland from Coker across Lurling Wallace down to the I-20 interchange. Skyland Boulevard as well as University all moving nicely with light volume and no big accidents along the way. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. A huge part of the game is SEC parlor. 
parlay pick day on Friday. It's made possible by Brian Harden Construction, a diverse business, crane and equipment rentals up to 320-ton cranes available, the CNC machines, reverse engineering, laser cutting, specialists in modern construction. It's bhardenconst.com. Experience you can count on. Let's build something together. The website, very informative. It is bhardenconst.com. Brian Harden Construction, industrial contractors and fabrication, I-beam installation, Brian Harden Construction. Every Friday made possible by Brian Harden Construction. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and cold with a chance of some light rain at times this afternoon, the high 45. Tonight, clearing with the low at 29. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, the high 51. And Friday, cloudy during the day, rain by Friday night, the high 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Where the season never ends. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Receiver Earl Little is now in the transfer portal. So uh, let me just recap real quick. Uh, I mean, since Drew and I've been talking, a lot of these have broke here. Uh, Eli Holstein, Seth McLaughlin, uh, Terrence Ferguson, uh, Christian Story, Malik Benson, Earl Little. Did I miss somebody? Terrence Ferguson, Earl Little, Eli Holstein, Seth McLaughlin, Christian Story, Malik Benson, Michael uh, Goodwine is there. Uh, also, Jazz Preston's also there, too, right? Uh, Drew, what will this number be? And, and I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't even bash the own button. I guess that'll help. Uh, what will this number be at the end of the day? Uh, who knows, Ryan? I mean, like you said, Earl Little, and, and let me correct you slightly. Earl Little is a defensive back. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah he's, he played a lot of star uh, and corner. Uh, and I, I thought he might have a, you know, a chance to get an expanded role next year. But I'll just be honest with you. And I just had somebody text me uh, during the break talking about guys like Earl Little that are leaving. And he was talking about, I hope Damani Jackson's the real deal. Well, what the portal does right now, the way it's designed, is you have no depth. I mean, you have to start having your freshmen come in and play because depth is just almost impossible to keep because guys, uh, you know, want to go somewhere else, earn some NIL, and get on the field. And so – Earl Little, unfortunately, couldn't stay healthy. Uh, I know he told you guys down there in, uh, or uh, when you guys went to California or whatever, uh, when you guys were over there in, Cal- in, uh, in uh, Pasadena, that he had a shoulder injury. So he, he was hurt once again much of the season. He was hurt when he got to Alabama. Uh, he never could gain a lot of traction. I thought he had talent in the spring, but that's what happens. You can't make the club in the tub. And so uh, he, I think he's uh, you know a really good player. I think he can go somewhere and do and do a good job, but he couldn't gain a lot of traction. Alabama's got some DBs coming back, and now I think we all expect Kool Aid McKinstry to turn pro. He's a projected first round pick. Terry on Arnold by some is a projected first round pick. It's going to be very interesting to see what Terry on Arnold does with his NFL decision. Drew, is it unfair? to the players, the way that this calendar is lined up. You know, we talk about the coaches, and we take up for them often. But you think about it, and, and people say, why are so many players entering the transfer portal? Well, the semester starts. 
So you you don't really have a. I mean, everybody can say, well, okay, well, we open up a window following the Rose Bowl where these players can go in the transfer portal. It doesn't matter. I mean, you can open up fifteen weeks uh, after the Rose Bowl, but at the end of the day, the semesters are not going to wait on a player transferring in to another school. I mean, many of these schools are starting classes, so it's it's like they they have to make a quick decision. Um, this calendar is messed up, and I don't know when they're going to address it if they ever will. Uh, but it needs to be looked at. I think it'll be addressed, Ryan. You have, now the, the early signing period that those dates those aren't going to really be addressed. You can't do much about that, but they're going to have to address the transfer portal uh, because it hurts teams in their preparation. Because you, you you have guys, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, like Malik Murphy who left Texas, who wanted to be the backup quarterback, but he couldn't stay with the, with his program because he knew he wasn't going to be the starter. Very likely, Quinn Ewers is coming back. You know, everybody knows Arch Manning's there, so he had to go somewhere else to earn a starting position. He goes to play for Manny Diaz at Duke, he, but he reluctantly leaves his team. So again, I I just think overall. And then, well, we saw uh, uh, Rodenbach uh, from uh, Florida State, their their second-string quarterback. Right before they get down to the game site, he and his family decide to leave. And so you have to play Brock Glenn again, your third stringer. That It was a disaster uh, in the uh, in, in the uh, uh, the ACC championship game. They won an ugly game against Louisville, and then they get beat 63-3 to by Georgia. So uh, Kirby mentioned it, that something needs to change, and it does need to change. I think they need to adjust the transfer portal, uh, and when it happens, you need to give guys freedom to movement to, to transfer. But you need to, even if you have to open the window right after bowl season, uh, and then I, and I know, quote unquote, school starts at the end with the semesters, but some of these schools are going to have to give like a waiver or a, some weight, some leeway to these student athletes to move. But there's going to have to be some compromise, and they're going to have to rework the date to the transfer portal no question about it all right ty simpson is coming back according to charlie potter and nick kelly so i want to give them credit um yep does that tell you anything about this quarterback competition and where do you think this goes do you think there is a quarterback competition do you think it is obviously it's Jalen miller's job to lose but can he progress to where alabama can go win a championship we know the standard here in tuscaloosa can he Look, look, Ryan, I, this is the way I equate it. And I know you said something about a caller yesterday calling in and basically, you know, uh, equating my name to something, uh, you know, about that. Uh, look, Jalen Milrow came farther than any quarterback I've seen at Alabama during a season. 100%. He did not, he did not play well early. He played well against Middle Tennessee, but I'm talking about the Texas game. Uh, then he got benched against South Florida. Then he had some struggles in the first half against uh, Ole Miss. And then he, he really got it going. And he got better every game. Now, did he play great against Michigan? No. Uh, he didn't even play great against Georgia. But when he had to, he won the game. And to be honest, he put Alabama in position to win the game with a pretty good second half against Michigan. But the defense didn't close the deal. The kid won the locker room. He beat out Ty Simpson fair and square. It's his football team right now. And the only way that Jalen Milrow is not the starting quarterback, there's well, there's I guess there's three ways. He could go to the NFL, which we know that's not going to happen. He's going to come back. Uh, he'd either he's going to he'd have to get injured, uh, or he would have to play so poorly that somebody like a Ty Simpson, who if he stays after spring practice, could you know finally wrestle the job away. 
But that's going to take a lot because this dude finished sixth in the Heisman Trophy voting. Um, you know, he he uh, out. If you go back and look at the stats, he absolutely uh, went punch for punch with Jaden Daniels uh, and then beat LSU. He beat Georgia. Uh, you know, he beat Auburn with the grave digger. He's going to be in a, a Daniel Moore painting. Look, this guy came a long way. If he can improve as much from his, you know, redshirt uh, freshman year to his redshirt sophomore year, and now from redshirt sophomore to redshirt junior next year, he's going to be a Heisman candidate. And then uh, there's and he'll move on to the NFL after next year, which is what I expect him to do if he keeps improving. He's going to have a whole offseason now knowing he's the guy. And he's got an offensive coordinator who I think he's on the same page with. I expect Tommy Reese to return. And so it, there is no – price and nothing you can replace with experience this is a guy that's now been through the fire in the sec which is the best league in america best college football in the country and he's and he's gone through it if he keeps working like he's worked and continues to get better he's such a dynamic athlete he's a different kind of quarterback certainly still got to keep improving as a passer and with his processing we know that but if he continues to do that he can be a very very dangerous weapon right there's no doubt about it and if Ty Simpson stays, I applaud him for taking the Mac Jones route and continuing to grind and compete. I thought he improved as well. I don't think Tommy Reese is getting enough credit. People are focusing too much on the damn end of the game the other night, and they're not giving the, the body of work enough credit. Tommy Reese did a good job with those quarterbacks, and I think they're going to continue to get better. And I certainly think this is uh, Jalen Milrose's football team right now. Uh, I think he's one of the leaders, and – I thought he was a great teammate this year, no question about it. I thought that's how he won the team. Oh, he was voted the most inspiring captain. player on the team. Yeah, I mean, so and he was voted a captain. I thought he was. And so, again, he's a competitor. Uh, anybody saying that he should be in the transfer portal or that he should lose his job because the team didn't win against Michigan is a moron and doesn't know football. You can't look. You can't just bench a guy. You can't say because Julian Sands on campus, and I think Julian Sands is a great talent. I think Dylan Lonergan is too, and Ty Simpson's still developing. You can't just say this is not Madden. This is not a video game. You can't say okay, just plug this guy in. He's going to be better because I thought Ty would win the job last year. He didn't do it, and that was you know, and, and that was due to the credit of of Milrow beating him out, and then Ty wasn't ready. Okay, it was kind of on Ty as well, uh, you know. But again. Football is a developmental game. It's not. You're not. Sometimes it is. A guy. It, Nick Saban says it all the time. Sometimes guys, uh, you know, take a, 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 they develop quicker than others. Sometimes it takes a guy another year or two. Reggie Ragland, it took him a couple of years to develop at Alabama, but he still became a pro and played a long time. You know, he wasn't C.J. Mosley, but they develop at different times and at different paces. And so you can still be a really good player. Uh, I know Nick Saban when they signed Jalen Milrow knew he was going to have to be developed. They've been doing that. He's an extremely talented guy. But, again, you just can't – you will lose your locker room if all of a sudden if your, 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 your quick reaction is to tell Jalen Milrow to get in the transfer portal and all of a sudden uh, and, and make Julian Sand the quarterback when he's never taken a snap or Ty Simpson, who has never even started a game, didn't even start against South Florida. Jalen Milrow has earned the right to be the QB at the University of Alabama, and there's no question about it. And if you don't think so, then stop watching the games because you don't understand what the hell you're watching. Drew DeArmond cleaning up the bases right here. And and I, I want to also remind, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, uh, you and I have always had strong opinions on the quarterback. This quarterback competition is not like Tua Tonga-Valoa and Jalen no. Hurts. 
there was a backup that was better than the starter. And that ended up showing out at the end of the day, right? I mean, it did. Uh, to a tongue of Aloha, left him in the dust. Uh, this is not that. It's not. And I get it where people get their minds shaped and opinions and say, oh, the backup's better. The backup's better. We've, we've witnessed the backup. Not saying they can't develop. Not saying they can't take steps in the right direction. But this is not the example of Tua Tungabailoa and Jalen Hurts a few years ago. No, it's not. I mean, I think Ty is very talented, but um, it, 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 you know, it was just obvious, Ryan. You've been around the program. I've been around the program. Um, when you saw Tua and when he when he when he scrimmaged and when he played in game, what he could do, and I mean, it was just it was just so obvious that he. And I still think he's the greatest pure passer that I've ever seen at Alabama. Uh, Mac Jones had a great year with a great team, one of the great teams in Alabama history. Bryce Young is a magician, the way he can move around, the way he sees the field. But as a pure thrower of the football, Ryan, there has never been anybody like Tua. I always go back uh, to uh, to, uh, Brian Dable's comment that some people can throw the ball in a trash can. Tua can throw it in a keyhole. And sometimes that gets him in trouble in the NFL because he's so confident in his anticipation and his accuracy that he feels like he can fit it anywhere. And he'll turn the ball over sometimes in the NFL, I think, when he's just take the check down, take who's open. But two is an amazing talent. Uh, he was, he's, I've never seen anyone like him before or since. We'll see. I mean, I, I think Bryce, as a quarterback, I think I did say I thought he was probably the best I've seen at Alabama. And that's just a complete QB when you're talking about the checks at the off, you know, at the line of scrimmage, seeing the entire field, having the mobility and the durability that he had to dodge and, and feint and, and just make people miss, and then throw the make make unbelievable plays like magician type stuff. But again, as a pure passer, Tua was the best guy. Now we'll see about Julian saying. I'm very excited about him. I'm very excited about what I saw out of Dylan Lonergan. I think those are two really good players. I think Ty Simpson has a lot of talent. Uh, but again, right now, this is Jalen Milrose football team, and he's earned it. He's earned that right. Drew D, 977 ESPN. The players so far that have left the University of Alabama, Christian Story, Earl Little, Monkel Goodwine, Terrence Ferguson, Seth McLaughlin, uh, Shaz Preston, Malik Benson, Eli Holstein. Will there be more? Drew D. Arman will have you covered. Talking ball, 97.7, the zone up in Huntsville. Drew, thanks again for your extra time. I'm glad you cleared it up uh, because not only is Joseph a coward, it, it doesn't look like the truth is in him either. Well, you know, some people like to hide behind usernames. They, you know, at least like hopefully he's using his real name. But, you know, again, the people use their platforms for, uh, for their own. Well, it's one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on. Because, I mean, he used yeah, you to I mean, back up his statement. And I said, well, I mean, we'll, we'll get Drew on and see what he says. And, look, I, I, he can say, and he's right, that I didn't predict, you know, Milrow to be the quarterback at the start of the season. But I've, I have been on your show, my own show, and repeatedly said that he earned this opportunity and that it was his football team. I said it after the South Florida game once he started against Ole Miss and he won the game, that it was his football team and he led Alabama to a great season and, We'll see where they can go next year. I think they're going to have a great team. Uh, I'm inter- I'm anxious to see, you know, the, the coaching moves and, and more of the portal moves and if Alabama, you know, uh, who they add uh, in February in the recruiting class because 
I think they've got a chance to have a special group, no doubt about it. But Ryan, I always appreciate Appreciate you, Drew. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you for letting me have a, an extra segment. Appreciate yeah, and it. I owe you an apology because I couldn't do a radio interview because uh, I was trying to travel back. So whenever you need me. Well, heck, man. I mean, five, I, in the last five or six minutes we've been doing this interview, I can't believe nobody else went in the portal. Well, I mean, I, I think we've been, uh, I think we've been what, six minutes? Uh, this second, se- yeah. So uh, uh, let me hit refresh real quick before I let you go. <laughs> F5. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see what it is. Nothing so far. Nothing so far. So, uh, wow, there it is. Drew, I appreciate you, man. Thank you again. Thank you, Ron. You know, one of the things that we haven't talked about around this calendar that's absolutely stinks, we put a lot of pressure on these young men, but it also puts them in a weird situation. Why? How? I'll talk about it in three minutes. Robert and Brookwood, excuse me, Robert and Mobile, first up. Tommy and Rami to suck it up. We're going to take phone calls the rest of the way home. Uh, we're going to cover this transfer portal. Who knows? Uh, I also want to go back to the Connor Stallions thing that came up in the final part of the show. Uh, you guys sent me something. And, and I, I tell you what, it's a bad look. It is a bad, bad look. Um, and it, it's right behind the Michigan bench. So somebody in that program gave somebody tickets that ended up getting back to Connor Stallion. And this was a former Michigan linebacker who gave him, that was with him. So when you look at Connor Stallions, maybe Alabama knew that he was in the, in the facility. Maybe that prevented, I, listen, Alabama got their butt whipped, okay? Let's just say it the way it is. I mean, it, it's not sour grapes. Alabama got beat. But there's a lot of circumstances around that. We'll discuss that. We'll take your phone calls. Uh, I just think it's a horrible look. It's almost like you're, you're double birding my old famous statement, the NCA. Will they get the last laugh? We'll talk about it next. T-Town, Tide, 100.9, WTBC. Your home of Alabama, Crimson Tide Sports. ColusaToyota.com, a huge part of our show. We are powered by those guys every single day. The service department, always great. The new inventory side, all those new Toyotas comes with that lifetime powertrain warranty. And right now, we have the most inventory that we've had in over two and a half years. Camrys, Corollas, RAV4s, Highlanders, Forerunners, Tundras, Tacomas, also the pre-owned inventory. Most of the pre-owned inventory comes with that same lifetime powertrain warranty. See all of the inventory, TuscaloosaToyota.com and Tuscaloosa Toyota on Scotland Bull- It's the longest-running sports show in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Game with Ryan Fowler on Tide 100.9. that I set up when we talked about coming back because I just, I just think that this calendar, it almost forces players. No, if you knew that you were leaving on a Wednesday following the uh, a Rose Bowl victory and you're going to make a decision that's going to impact you financially, that's going to impact your academic career, uh, the amount of stress that we're placing on uh, these young men, um, I think it's something that needs to be considered because – you know, you're playing a game. That's the biggest priority. 
And not saying that it was or was it, but it can be a distraction. I know if I was moving uh, in, in 48 hours and I'm packing, cleaning out my dorm or apartment or whatever that may be, and I'm trying to make decisions, can you imagine the messages they're getting behind the scenes? Because you're, you're naive to think that it doesn't happen. Because people know. I mean, you're, you're at least testing the water. You're finding out what the interest is. And I know Nick Saban wants his guys to come in and meet with him. Um, that's a brief meeting, but it's one that's valuable. I think Nick Saban can kind of point out, hey, where these guys are at and, and maybe what they can do to improve. And uh, sometimes, as he's told us before, they lead them to the portal. And that gives you a chance to open up another scholarship. Just something to think about. This calendar is it's, it's a disaster. I mean, it, it, it's organized chaos. But I almost think sometimes that's what they wanted. Robert, I appreciate your patience, man. Welcome into the game in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I think it's organized chaos, what they always wanted as well. Um, yeah, you're right about a calendar. And uh, especially, I mean, it didn't give you much time to make a decision whatsoever, <laughs> especially when it's a, such an important decision. Um, when you're reading off the list of uh, transfers, I was sure hoping I would see a certain center <laughs> here in the portal. <laughs> so or they, you know, not being there next year. Uh, Brady would be returning next year. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. Uh, he's like, uh, I keep like to say yesterday, uh, my school, South Alabama, I totally believe he had a better center than the University of Alabama did. Such a huge drop, you know, when you think of Landon Dickerson back in the day or Barrett Jones, you know, outstanding centers that just, he elevated the team to new levels, and how the the drop off was just so huge. I honestly think that one position turned the whole season around for us. That the uh, if I could if I could narrow it down to one position, I think it was center. Uh, the, uh, the the offensive line and center. I think if we had a all right hypothetically, player, is there any chance that Alabama? Because when we talked to Seth McLaughlin out at Media Day, he told us. I've already enrolled in another new master's program. He said it was on mouth. I heard him, right? I mean, it was not nothing a quote that I read. I was right in front of him when he said it. So when you think about that, of getting that degree, uh, matter of fact, I can probably post the audio, uh, but he said it. I mean, he said, hey, I've already started another degree program. I've, I've finished, my, finished my undergrad. I've started a grad degree. I've finished that. I'm fixing to start another one. What changed? Was it simply that game that pushed him in the transfer portal? Or, or was it he didn't feel like that he was getting – uh, the correction that maybe he needs. Now, this NFL stuff, I mean, I know I know. I saw Tony Sakawas put this up a couple of minutes ago. Um, he may get there one day, but I now, right now, I don't see an NFL f- future. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, like, well, like you said, you can always improve. Uh, we know that's possible, but it's the drop, the decline was just staggering. It's, it was like, dude, uh, you, you, you hurt, you, you've hurt in the team. I honestly think that if he wasn't the center, we would be playing for a national championship and and would win it. I think his 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 inadequacy in that one position turned the turned the entire season around. You know, and it's a huge position. We always always has been. That's why you always want to you know a Lander Dickerson or a Barrett Jones being in that position, especially on the offensive line. And it was you know I know the defensive line you know let us down there, but twenty points in regulation. That's more than uh, good enough to uh, win your team a championship. Tw- all Michigan had to regulate is 20 points. That's good enough. It's, it's, in fact, in times past, we, we'd be slaughtering, you know, we'd be running away with it, a game if all the team had to regulate for 20 points. And, but uh, this season, 
you know, we need the, uh, the defense, the offensive line to, to be, just be a better, bit of a stud. And he uh, is just inadequacies in that position. I mean, if, if, you know, Miro was just he had a struggling quarterback who, you know, everything wasn't, you know, isn't clicking right now. He's, but I think he can, he, like you guys said, he can get the job done. If he doesn't have to, if this, if you give him one less thing to worry about, which is you staffing the ball to him, you <laughs> maybe you give him one less thing to worry about that helps his game out. And the guy was never giving him what that one less thing to worry about. You know, if you have some great quarterbacks who might be able to handle that one less thing to worry about and still, you know, win a championship. Although I'm not so sure you could Tua and Mac and the rest of them handle that when they're not sure what the snap's going to be. So I don't think that one position probably costs us a championship. Uh, going back to you know the uh, quarterback situation, uh, yeah, it, like you and you and uh, Bersley said, if the team's going to function next season, it's got to be Milrow, or it's a huge problem. <laughs> There's going to be huge problems if he doesn't develop, and it will next year. I see it being his job to lose. Right now, I see the quarterback situation as Milrow is one step away from, you know, excelling to the next level that can make this team just unstoppable. I think uh, Ty Simpson is two steps away. They they were both much further than that beginning of the season. They so narrowed that gap. If you're Ty Simpson, you obviously think that you can compete, that you can hold on for one, your backup job, that nobody's going to be able to push you behind you, that you can mm-hmm. – But and, and I know when you've got a mobile quarterback, you've always got to have a quality backup. And just – I mean, it's, it, look at the NFL – Mm-hmm. Those mobile quarterbacks get knocked out a bunch, and you know you look back at at Jalen Milrow. He had bumps and bruises throughout the this season. So when you begin to think about it, he believes that they can, you know, that he can do something, right? I mean, he wouldn't come yeah. back if he didn't think. Uh, I think both. And I think both. I expect both of them to narrow those gaps in the off season. I expect. I fully. Be, well, I should say it's great. I believe. Then Miro will narrow that gap, you know, close that gap, that one-step gap, that makes him, you know, not quite there. I think Ty Simpson will take that two-step gap that makes him not quite there. And and I can't see how we cannot improve on center next season. He, he was so bad, I can't possibly see how anybody's going to be worse. I, we got, we, we got, imagine trying to go to the transfer portal, but I don't see how we can transfer a, 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 a center in that would be better than Seth McLaughlin. I mean, we got like Atlanta Dixon was just elite, so we got so we can do. We he was a transfer, he was elite. I just don't see how we can not do better. So I think that one position alone will make us a much improved team, and hopefully next season. I think that, you know people take this chip on the shoulder. Like we said yesterday, the team really overachieved, and especially despite in spite of the uh, liability, had that key position of center. It's really an overachievement. And but hopefully we'll. And I, I'm really looking for us to do better than that next season. And we're going to have to because we said we've seen this schedule. Next season schedule. If you're not ready to go, if you're not good and ready to go, you'll be. You can find yourself losing two, three games quick. So Robert, I'm looking for this team to get there. You're the first caller out of the gate, and I know we're, we're we're wide open. We've got several lines available. Somebody wants to jump in. It's a brief amount of wait time. We've got one more call here, and we've just opened those up. Is it fair now, because you're a playoff guy, and the reason I'm asking you, for one, you're the first caller, but you're also a huge expansion playoff guy, is now the time to revisit the standard at Alabama? Like, what is considered success? What is considered success? Oh, well, I said a long time ago. Yeah, everything's moving back 
So like I said, progressing back to the main. Um, I'm afraid for our folks, we're in this every other year uh, national championships, but that's, we can't define that as success anymore. And like I said, I don't want to look at this season as a failure because we really shouldn't. These teams have to, the parity is here. Look at their transfer portal. Look at NIL. That's going to keep happening year in, year out, and the Michigans of the world will now all of a sudden be able to compete against the Alabamas of the world. It's, it's, that's how it's going to be now. And uh, so, yeah, we're not going to win it every year. The success cannot go every other year like we were doing. We're going to have to be used to three, four, five, six years between championships. Like they said, uh, they say we had a shot at maybe two before he retired. Now it's really looking like one. It's got it's realistic. One more championship before he retires. It's, well, it's the, the, realistic. the system is designed not to go on these runs, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. that's, I mean they they told Look you. Look where we got in the championship right now. Look what we got. We got Michigan and Washington. Who's for? I mean, uh, just two years ago, that would have been a joke. You're going to get Michigan and Washington in the national championship now. They are two of the best teams in college football. There's no question about that. Thank you, man. That's how it is now. All right, buddy. Thank you, Robert. We appreciate that. Phone lines uh, are busy, and uh, we'll continue to take those, 205-342-9904. Let me tell you about the Wharf. If you're looking for a new pair of boots, Justin, Tony Lama, Red Wing, Georgia, Double H, Timberline, Laredo, and many more, it is the Wharf. The work in Western headquarters, we've all had to go back to work. Uh, some of us, uh, maybe a little under the weather. I'm, I'm playing like a C-minus. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like... Uh, I got run over by the train on 15th Street. So we'll take your phone calls coming up here in just a couple of minutes. But uh, always, The Wharf, if you're looking for a new pair of jeans, Wrangler, Levi, Lee, you'll find those. Carhartt clothing, uh, all the name brands of boots, 60 different brands of boots, whether it's a casual boot, work boot, Western wear for the entire family. It is The Wharf since 1976. Uh, as we go back to work, as this new year begins, the work apparel matches up with the hard work that you give us every single day. We'll take more of your calls. We do have one line available, 205-342-9904. We'll get to more of those and more Nick Saban audio. And we missed something yesterday. I'll try to clean it up next. T-Town, Tide, 100.9, WTBC, your home for Alabama, Crimson Tide Sports. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center as we wind things down for this Wednesday morning drive. Things are looking pretty well all across the Tuscaloosa area. If you're traveling along 2059 from Foster's out to Cottondale, the drive along McFarland from Coker across Lurling Wallace down to the I-20 interchange, Skyland Boulevard as well as University, all moving nicely with light volume and no big accidents along the way. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Coming up next on the Stingray Show. On the Wednesday evening edition of the Stingray Show, we are going to continue to play you clips of some best moments from our show last year. And then, of course, we are going to turn our attention to the national championship game between Michigan and Washington. That's all ahead on the Wednesday evening edition of the Stingray Show. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be hilarious with funny moments from last year. Tune in on Wednesday. Tune into the Stingray Show Wednesday night from 6 to 7 p.m. on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and cold with a chance of some light rain at times this afternoon, the high 45. Tonight, clearing with the low at 29. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, the high 51. And Friday, cloudy during the day, rain by Friday night, the high 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hot. 
your home for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Take a number. I was lightning before the thunder. Thunder, thunder. Four o'clock hour with Tommy and Romulus, Marty in Arkansas, and many others. 205 342 9904. Alabama's list of transfer portal guys uh, is adding. And we're up to, I guess, nine guys right now, right? Nine guys from the University of Alabama. Will there be more? I expect more. I do. And we'll talk about it coming up next. We'll also play an audio clip that I think that you need to hear because it's parallel with what we've been talking about here for the last four hours yesterday and the first two hours today. We'll take your phone calls on the other side. Uh, We're talking about the calendar. And also, I want to go back to Connor Stallions being at the game. That is something I just can't get over. Why was he allowed to be at the game? We're talking about a guy that got him in trouble, who was fired, and then the Michigan fans want to celebrate him? Was social network post or are they trolling? We'll talk about it next. T-Town Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Dan Byer. Dolphins wide receiver Tyree Kill left practice early today to attend to his home, which was on fire earlier today in South Florida. Reports out of South Florida say that Hill and everybody in the house were safe and sound. Hill actually was at practice when the house went ablaze. Dolphins getting ready for a showdown with the Bills on Sunday night. Bills quarterback Josh Allen limited in practice today with a sore neck. Lamar Jackson will not play for the Ravens Saturday against the Steelers. He will rest. Tyler Huntley will get this start. The Chiefs are not going to play Patrick Mahomes against the Chargers. Blaine Gabbard gets the start in that one. Rams and Niners are playing on Sunday. Neither team using their starting quarterbacks, so it's Carson Wentz for LA, Sam Darnold for San Francisco, Nick Mullins starts at quarterback for the Vikings against the Lions, Joe Flacco out for the Browns, Jeff Driscoll will start against Cincinnati, and Sam Howell will start under center for the Commanders as they take on the Cowboys. Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence limited in practice with a sprained shoulder. Tuscaloosa Toyota, TuscaloosaToyota.com. It's great to be back in the studio. It is great to be able to hang out with the best fans of the country, and we'll be with you all the way until 6 o'clock. Alabama has had a lot of players that have entered the transfer portal so far. Uh, let me let me run through those uh, just for a couple of minutes. Eli Holstein, Malik Benson, Shaz Preston, Miles uh, Ketzelman, 
Seth McLaughlin, Terrence Ferguson, Moncal Goodwine, Earl Litter, uh, excuse me, Earl Little uh, the second, uh, Christian Story. Uh, I think there'll be others. And uh, right now they've got nine Alabama players that have put their name in the transfer portal. We've also had a lot of confirmations. This would be a great time to, if you're downloading the Tide 100.9 app, uh, because there's no way that, listen, as a reporter, I can't stare at Twitter 24-7. You, I don't, many of you can't either. So the Tide 100.9 updates that the alerts that we send out when there's something that goes in, uh, you can always you know go back and forth. But this might be a great time to activate those Tide 100.9 app uh, because we're going to keep you up to date with everything that's happening. We've got multiple people in the team uh, that are down writing articles, Tide109.com, Tide109.com. So if you're looking for news around the Alabama Crimson Tide, I know Kerry and Wyatt, uh, who helped me yesterday, uh, is down there. And uh, Ty Simpson announcing that he will come back, just making sure I, I run through all these different things. But you've got uh, major portal entries from the University of Alabama. You say, why now? Why now? I don't think this is a uh, because of – I mean, it was because of the loss, because if you win, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, but you do have – I think it's nine days to put your name in the transfer portal, and classes begin at the University of Alabama. No, do they start today? I think classes started today. Um I'm, I'm almost certain they did. I think that's always been the case. It may start next next Wednesday, but I, I may be a little bit off there. But uh, let me know when you when you get that. We are always powered by Tuscaloosa Toyota, TuscaloosaToyota.com, 3325 Skyland Boulevard, and online at TuscaloosaToyota.com. David DeSantis, the amazing dealership. Uh, we've got great inventory, probably the most inventory we've had in over two and a half years. So many different models to choose from. The Corolla, the Camry, the Forerunner, the Highlander, the RAV4. Uh, you'll find the Tundra, Tacoma, two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, and also view all of that inventory online. And you could also view the incoming inventory at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Classes start next week. They do. Okay, so you've got a little bit of time, but still, it's a crunch time. It's a crunch time. Maybe I was a little bit confused because once you play the national title game, it starts on that Wednesday. Maybe I was just a little bit off on my track. But either way, and and that's just Alabama. So other colleges may start a little bit earlier. Um, I know graduate schools, I think a lot of them start this week. So you you do think about that. And many of these guys are graduate students and and you've got to get into application in. Yeah, I mean, all those can be expedited. I get that. I mean, you're an athlete. But at the end of the day, uh, this this calendar is pretty chaotic. Uh, But half in, half out. Yeah. I mean, I think, listen, you, you can't tell me. And I know that you know, you look at it and you say, well, those nine players, uh, some of those guys impacted Alabama's preparation. Um, and also, possibly, you, you could say no. Uh, but anyway, well, let's get the phone calls here and we'll get your reaction. Tommy and Romulus. Tommy, good afternoon. You're in the game. How you doing, Pilgrim? Good. I'm fixing to go in the transfer portal, I tell you. Yeah, are you? Well, my heart goes out. I got a bigger offer. I'm going to go cover Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt bowling? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm real proud of you, man. Yeah, women bowling. I mean, I remember back when I was a kid, I bowled a strike when they put the bumper pads up. I think I'm qualified to cover Vanderbilt bowling. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think you even need a press pass for that, but, you know, I could be wrong, you know. Do you need a press pass to cover Vanderbilt? That should be a question you should look Mm, up. That is a great question. Can I get back with you on that, if you don't mind? Sure, sure. No, no pressure. I don't put pressure on nobody. Not adorable me, no. No, you're, you're, you're too nice of a guy. In 2024, I, you're turning over a new Tommy. A I'm new to. Tommy. I'm trying to. 
Well, I'm glad Drew cleared up some stuff. That's good. Well, he also clarified that uh, not only our friend Joseph uh, uh, didn't tell the truth, it sounds like. No. I never heard Drew say that. I almost said, but, you know, my memory is not as good as it once was, so therefore I... Neither is his. Well, not yeah. Drew, but Joseph. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I wish the athletes all the best that goes in the transfer portal. I'm happy for Ty Simpson. I think there's a lot of football he still can learn. I well, think- okay, think about the perfect scenario. Okay, perfect scenario. And, and I, this is not impacting Julian Sayan. It's not impacting Dillard Lonergan. But let's say that he chooses to take the route that Mac Jones took. Develop. He must be pleased with what they're trying to do with Tommy Reese. I mean, that's a confirmation to me of Tommy Reese. So well, I know I a heard- lot of people out here that are, are attacking Tommy Reese. And, and I, I get it. It's not the perfect game plan. It's not. It was not. It was a. But I think also when you think about where we were at to where we're at now, I think they're taking some steps in the right direction. Okay, I'm going to try to explain this in simple terms for some people out there and for myself. I've heard talk today on the radio. I listen to more radio. I had to run errands and pick up my prescription. Like, well, one of them got to go. Melrose or Reese got to go. And I'm like, y'all got to be freaking kidding me. These really can't be Alabama fans. If they are, they don't want to. What is it? Callers? Uh, Help me. Yes, yes, yeah. And text. I don't know if I ain't saying that. One of them got to go. I'm like, I got to ask a $64 million question, Ron. Maybe you can help me. You're so enlightened. Uh, I think Milrose have grown up in this last four and a half months or nine with Tommy Reese more than he did in two years with Bill O'Brien. Let's just be frank. And we just called out. Bill O'Brien sat on his duff as Miss Luda Tuffet was eating her crumpets. That's how I view Bill O'Brien now. Okay, this man worked with him, Reese did, got better. They both young, they both related to each other. I'm telling you right now, I'm happy, I'm sad that we lost, I'm disappointed. Another year with them two together, I expect better things. I think they're going to expand his ability to roll out to do certain things. And then, and like I said yesterday before all the, you know, airport chatter you had yesterday, uh, our receivers want to have the attitude. They want to get better. Bonds got to get better. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with them. You've got to strive for exercise. You might not get there, and this might not be realistic. I hear people calling all the time say, Alabama, standard is unrealistic. Steve Spurrier said that 25 years ago. Well, we saw what Steve Spurrier did at South Carolina. When he knew he was going to have a loser, he, he bailed. All right. Winners who strive for excellence will never be losers. Remember that. Winners that strive for excellence will never be losers. They might lose games. They might something happen. But the long run in life, they will be winners. You got that? The people in the radio land got that. We do. Do I need a? You need to record that. No, I think know? I think you nailed it. Yes. And the young man wants to get to be better. I hope Milrose have competition pushing, but this crap like we had with Tua and all this crap, and Junior saying is a California saver. 
I'm getting tired of every quarterback we sign is a save of the program. The program don't need to be saved. It needs to be tweaked. we got to find our weaknesses and improve on that. I mean. Well, you have to look at Tommy Reese. Oh, he's tough, too. He didn't get through. He didn't. We need, on both sides of the ball, I'm going to repeat this again, we need somebody with grit. Grit. On the offensive line and the defensive line. Plug the hole, blow the hole open for your running back. Close it for the... I want somebody with grit and fire. Well, I, I have said this, and the evidence of my Facebook account, these shows are archived. When you look at Jalen Milrow, I understand why he was voted the most inspiring player. I've been posting this since he made his first media availability. And I'm going to tell you this right here. You go back to Monday after the press conference, he said more than Nick Saban said in his post-game press conference. He had better responses than Coach Saban did. I don't know why. But you go back and listen to his explanation and you listen to coaches, he took the bull by the horns in the press room. Now, he, he only had probably three, four questions. Nick Saban probably had eight. But when you talk about a young man that can stand up at that podium, that's not easy. That's not easy. I've covered a lot of quarterbacks here that have handled it a much different way than Jalen Milrow. You can slam him. You can take shots. You can throw things at him. You can talk about this. You can talk about that. But when you think about the way that he's handled this job, I think it's almost like a textbook. Well, it's like this, and I'm getting tired of the comparison. We have been fortunate. We have great quarterbacks. We have Bart Starr, Hall of Famer. We had the late, great Pat Tremble, which led us to our first national championship on Coach Brown. We had Joe Namath. We had Steve Spurrier. I mean, we had Kenny Stabler, Hall of Famer. I mean, three other things. We even had Scott Hunter, who was a good quarterback, was on bad teams, was my thing. We had Terry Davis, who ran the wishbone, didn't get much glory, all like that wishbone. You had the Rutledge brother. I can go on and on, and Richard Todd, I can go on and go on. Well, it's not fair to, well, this man can't catch a ball. Like, Jalen, he can't do this. Well, he's his old man or two or whatever. This, I'm like, he's not a catcher or a shortstop. The way he had to do Monday afternoon. Looked like he was playing shortstop. He was. Yeah, I mean, he left, I mean, right, left, ball. right, left, right. But I'm telling you, I go back. I take a pressure away from Seth McLaughlin. Oh, yeah. Was this something new? Was this something that only happened as an outlier in one game? No, this has been happening all season. Yeah. Why could they not get it corrected? Was well, there something the about that offense? Was it a snap count issue? I don't know. Well, they need to find out. That's something they need to work on. This spring, we got something to work on. And like I said, our receivers, you know, we made it the championship game the first year with Bill O'Brien, but then we had injury. Bill is, remember, the first two years, 20, I mean, 19, 20, they was good. But 21, they sucked win. They transferred out. And the other guy from Miami, I can't think of the name, was supposed to be our world, never did. They went to Texas. They got in trouble. It was all about me, 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 me. Well, guess what? Neither one of them made the USFL, much less the Canadian Football League. So where are they now? They didn't improve their game or their technique. They didn't have the desire to strive for excellence or greatness. Fair enough. So, Fair enough. Uh, well, 
Tommy, when you think about Connor Stallions, and we all know Connor Stallions is the root of that, but you cannot tell me that Jim Harbaugh is not the also the root as well. It's a bad look when you look at Michigan having Connor Stallions in their section, behind their bench, quality seats with another former linebacker. If Alabama did this, I can't even imagine the meltdown. Why? You know what? Is there? And listen, you say, well, hold on, that's a, that's a post. Uh, Nicole Arbach is a great reporter. The Athletic is a great website. Uh, there's been others that have also reported that they can confirm that he was there. That's tacky. Well, they're the Big Ten. They great. What have I told you about Michigan? I had a friend, well, I didn't go for. I had a, a worker. He was a Michigan fan, and he looked down on everything all by in the state. I asked him one personal question one time after five years. He said, well, I said, why in the hell are you living in Alabama? You hate the place so bad. They're arrogant. They say, oh, they're perfect football. They're mixing them football. Well, look like they might win a national championship. I'm going to bark like a dog Monday night and hope Washington can pull a rabbit out of the hat. You think they can? Yes. Why I not? I do as well. Because, guess what? This man is out the door going to pro- it, well, and, and see, Alabama's crap, offensive you know line, I mean, I'm not trying to put all the blame there, but if Alabama's offensive line plays a B game, a B game, then they probably win that game. Yes. When you look at Washington, they're the Joe Moore Award winner. That was the top offensive line in college football. Well, it just, it's a tacky look. They have always got away with stuff in the Big Ten. They overlook, and I'm like, oh, well, we can't punish the players. I, I got a question. They talking about seriously giving Southern Cal back the national champions on the win, what they did. They didn't take games away from Michigan. They should, Michigan should not even been allowed to be in the playoff. And people say, well, y'all, you tried, Bill Bain. I'm like, if Alabama done this, holy Jesus, have mercy on all of us. Because they'd be an uproar thing. It's a double standard. It's, it really infuriates me, but yeah, but that's them, and they're going to get away with it. And he's going to probably bail, not this year, or next year, because, you know, it'd be great for him and his brother. His brother got a Super Bowl win, and he get a national championship. They'll become the first family. Here we but go. how would you become the first family when you cheated and broke the rule? I mean, Fair and enough. Nick Saban say something. Well, he's got too much class. He's got he's got way way too much class. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, you talk to some of those reporters that cover him. You think local reporters, uh, you know, and Nick Saban have a disagreement? Go up there. They hate the guy. Well, guess what? I don't want to be rude, but over my work in like Ohio State, and everybody trying to do the same thing with Ryan Day. Uh, Bo Schembeck will have a problem. Woody Hayes has a problem. You know, I hate to say it. They made fun of us. The Southern gentlemen coaches like Bear Bryant, Shug Jordan, Wally Buzz, Johnny Vaughn, Charlie Mack, all that. I mean, they would play golf and go deer hunting. These suckers up there hate that each other freaking guts. And that's a fact. I got to run, Tommy. Thank you, man. Man, well, all right. Thank you for taking my call. I hope I didn't ruin your show. No, you, you, you are an asset to it. Thank you, man. Great things are happening at DCH. Find a doctor. Our locations are three locations here, Fayette, Northport, and the original regional hospital in Tuscaloosa. Uh, you can find a great amount of information, uh, DCH system, over 90 years of serving our community. 
DCH Health System, orthopedic services, surgical services, uh, cancer services, women's services. You can find it all at dchsystem.com. We roll on next. We can take more of your phone calls. Marty in Arkansas, Jay in Athens, Matthew, and many others. Next, T-Town Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. This hour's West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. With the high projected in the mid-40s today, the low tonight in the mid-20s, tomorrow warming up to the low 50s. We got rain in the picture for Friday and on Monday, which should help the drought conditions in Alabama. Plus the ongoing wildfires in Alabama. The largest wildfire is 28 acres in the Talladega National Forest in East Alabama. And when you log on to TuscaloosaThread.com, you can find out more about a Crimson Tide Commit winning Alabama Gatorade Player of the Year. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. Tuscaloosa Traffic, now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. So as we travel Highway 69 going northbound from 15th Street and making our way towards Highway 56, well, you can expect a four-minute delay in that area. Also, as we make our move, US 82 going westbound from Jack Warner Parkway, River Road, and moving towards Airport Road, about a 14-minute drive with a 7-minute delay. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Jones. We talk about grilling so often. If you want to dominate the grill today or any day, go visit our friends at Mark's Mark in downtown Northport. I walk in there all the time. There's new things added, whether you're trying to amp up the spice cabinet or whether you're going in for a great ribeye, a salmon swirl, a chicken swirl, which is that's what they're home of since 1978. The seafood entrees, the great cheesecake, the great pies that are made here locally in Alabama, the Blue Spring Living Water. You'll find it at Mark's Mark in downtown Northport under that Roll Tide Bridge. Go see the friendly folks at Mark's Mark downtown Northport under that Roll Tide Bridge. Now is the time to make sure you're live. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and cold with a chance of some light rain at times this afternoon, the high 45. Tonight, clearing with the low at 29. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, the high 51. And Friday, cloudy during the day, rain by Friday night, the high 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to the best sports talk show, breaking down the Crimson Tide. The game with Ryan Fowler on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Yes, it did. All right, we're taking phone calls here. DanielMoreArt.com, one of our great sponsors that sent us out to L.A. We thank them for their sponsorship, DanielMoreArt.com. DanielMoreArt.com, remember now, in 1926, Alabama won their very first national title. The code word, the game, 20% off. The game, 20% off. Uh, you can still take advantage of that. So now since we don't have any additional paintings, I doubt, I mean, what would they make the painting about uh, Monday? Maybe them just sitting around being sad. Or maybe like Tony, what he said, roll tide. That'd be good. I mean, the football rolling on the ground. Mm, I don't know if that would sell a lot, but uh, 
you know, just rolling. Tony said this yesterday. He said, roll tide. You know, not roll tide as in a phrase, but as a, a football. It was rolling. It was rolling. Just like Mike Price said, it was rolling. Yeah. Uh, DanielMoreArt.com. You can celebrate that gravedigger play. You can also celebrate uh, those special moments. And, uh, man, we've had some great ones this year. A little revenge factor. We were able to take care of that, and we stopped the dogs. They're taking victory laps. That's okay. That's okay. You know, you always want to be that way, right? I mean, you want players uh, to respond uh, excuse me, fans from other schools respond because you know your program's on top. Uh, I said, I, I look at these feelings that we have. Uh, it hurts, right? It does. You wanted Alabama to win the game. But I think you also back up for just a couple of minutes and you you always want to have these feelings because it tells me that you have an expectation. Uh, and, and I know I opened that conversation up, but we'll, we'll go back to it. I think a lot of people will talk about a lot of different things, but I think when you talk about reevaluate the standard, at some point we've got to do that. Marty, Arkansas. Marty, good afternoon. You're in the game. I'm in the game. You are in the game. Yeah. Ron, I'm in the transfer portal. Move to Alabama. Get away from these Arkansas fans. I need a job. But, no, that's beside the point. Let's talk some football. Ron, just like the guys from the nerds, guys said, you know, the game plan, he couldn't couldn't do it all because, you know, just like what you said, Bill O'Brien was lazy. And when when Reese come in, he had to fast forward Melrose all the way in, and he couldn't do it in the spring game, and that's why maybe they brought in Buckner, like you said, for a backup. And then through the summer, he put, he took those players down to Florida to progress his passing, and he progressed every game. And he, and he set out the third game to learn a little bit about himself and the team. I mean, Saban had to do that. And then we had to learn, you know, He's come a long way, but I don't know if he can, like what the guy said, to implement everything that Reese and Saban wants to do offensively right now. You know, and maybe not. That could be the offensive line. That could be him. And there's where, you know, this hot shot quarterback coming in, maybe he'd be something like Saban, like Joe Namath did and, and started as a sophomore. He might start as a I don't know what that leaves us four quarterbacks now: Melro, Simpson, the guy that plays baseball, and a new one coming in. Right? You do, yeah. So your your quarterback's room is is more probably one of the most talented there. I mean, you, you're able to get Ty Simpson right. back. That's a quality backup right. that's there. Oh okay? yeah. Does sure. he need to and, grow as a player? Absolutely, they all do. They all do. Yeah, you're right. Save. Hey, Marty, your phone's fading out there, man. Can you hear me now? Yeah, much better. All right. But, I mean, you know, there's where, uh, I don't know, you know, like the guy said, maybe offensively. But I think that center's transferring out because you got two minutes on that TikTok, people saying it was his him to lose the game. A lot of people saying it was his fault. It wasn't just his fault. I mean, you know, just like the guy, if, if we had a better center. Well, you know, we're not, I'm not no coach. Saban knows more than me. He's at practice every day. Just what, like the gurus, nerd said, that was probably the best guy we had. And he put a lot of pressure on him. He didn't call the lines before. He had to call the lines. He had a guy over the center that never has there. And, and it overwhelmed him, maybe where he couldn't hike the ball. So, I mean, it could be a whole lot of 
things that we never, never know about. Gotcha. All and right. maybe as an 18, 20-year-old, he got overwhelmed. That's gotcha. Thanks, Marty. Thanks. Have a day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go to Jay in Athens. Jay, good afternoon. You're in the game. Hey, Ryan. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. What was your thoughts? Well, first off, Ryan, I want to appreciate you, your, your Facebook post, just sharing your time in California, especially out there at Malibu Beach and, you know, out there on the field pregame. And, and one of my thoughts was, Ryan, when you were out there on that field, could you tell any different? Was it kind of squishy or whatever? Because I noticed a lot of guys slipping and sliding out there. It was a weird, and I got kicked off because I wanted to see what the field felt like, uh, and I, I was watching carefully. I was looking at a couple of guys that were keeping us off the field, and I walked out there, you know, like, you know, it's like better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So I walked out doing a little video, and I, I'm going to tell you, that that field, it was... Noah, look it up if you can. See what grass is grown at the, not marijuana, but what grass is grown at the Rose Bowl? Because it, and I'll, I'll reach out to my ag extension guy that I know very, very well here that serves us in Tuscaloosa because what does it say? Bermuda ryegrass. Okay. Well, that, that, I mean, I don't know. Maybe ryegrass has a little bit of slippery, but uh, see, they got a big rain and they don't get a lot of rains. And that stadium is, is old. I mean, as everybody knows, I mean, it, it's not your modern stadium. Um, it reminds you of something you're playing back in the 40s or 50s. I, I didn't live in those era, but uh, you're walking in and it, you're you're like a far away from the play because of the way that the bowl's shaped. But when you get on that field, it was slippery. Now the turf did not come up like in other games where it's you know it's wet. But I mean, look at Jalen Milrow on the slide. That everybody's like, what is he doing? What's he doing? He slid the fumble uh, for Jalen Milrow. That was initially a slip. He lost his balance, and he got back, you know, yeah. was able to regain it, and he fumbled the football. And that was a that was a drive that I thought Alabama was fixing to put him out. Yeah. That field was not in and, good shape. And I know a lot of people are screaming about, let's make the Rose Bowl national title every year. And didn't they say they had to re reseed it five times after the last UCLA game? because it wouldn't take in or whatever. I don't know. Well, maybe that had something to do like with it, but it, it was slippery. Like, guys, I, I saw multiple players, multiple players coming through the tunnel and busting their butt for both Alabama yeah. and Michigan because they would come off the field and that stuff was still on their shoes. And, and you know, you walk through and it's like, whoa. Um, I saw Malachi Moore bust his absolute butt. I mean, it was so bad because – Jay, I was an EMT for a long time, uh, uh -huh. worked in an ambulance service, and I saw him fall. I thought he hit his head because it was it was wow. that big of a fall. And and so here I am going for media member just to make sure the young man st stay down, stay down. Let let you know let those trainers get to you, but they're they're out on the field because JC Latham goes out on the you know the last play, right? He goes down. Yeah. So yeah. they're out there with him, and uh, as I'm walking off, I see. Malachi Moore just absolutely bust his butt. Now, what if what if that's a major injury? What if it was a major injury? Yeah. What if what if you know? So you look at the conditions of the field. Uh, I don't know, man. If you guys gonna swing with the big boys, uh, that's got to be something. And, and road in, road out. There's one road in, one road out. Oh wow! I mean, that might have been great for buggies and horses, but uh, <laughs> in the car transportation world, um, now. 
So, right, it sits on a golf course, right? It does, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful scenery. Yeah. I mean, it's gorgeous. I mean, you're sitting there looking at those mountains. Yeah. It, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, just incredible atmosphere. But it is uh, it's weird. Do um, you think with all the painting they do and all that, they, you think they paint some of the field green just to make it look that green? No, or? no. I, I that, looked. I looked. I did. I did. I know it. It was grass. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, was you know I, I I didn't get to catch much yesterday, but uh, you may. Have, but I mean, you got to remember this was the it. same facility where Deion Sanders and all his players had stuff stolen. Yeah. That's remember true. that? That's true. I mean, it, yeah. It looks like something. I'm telling you. Out of the 40s, the 50s. I mean, it looks like Bryant Denny before they put the upper deck on it, right? I mean, you, you, wow. you know, the, yeah. it, it's old timey. It's it's fun to walk into that historical environment, but it's it's a, it's dated severely. Yeah. So, um, whoever uh, I know, Kirk Curb Street, Kirk, you fly on a private jet, okay? You, you're out yeah. of. I mean, you represent college football, and I get it. Uh, doing the Rose Bowl out there every year for the national title, uh, that is a dumb idea. Yeah. Ryan, you may have touched on it yesterday. I didn't get to listen to much, but uh, <clears throat> so what was the thought in the press box about the so-called maybe it was or maybe it wasn't a safety on that muff punt? Because it sure looked like to me when he when he was had it in his arms, he was still in the air when he fell in the end zone. Um, I thought it because I was in that end zone. Uh, there when the when I thought it could be at least reviewed. Yeah, they never did review it. And I'm thinking, why not? You reviewed everything else. That was it was close. I mean, I, I mean, look at where they put the ball. But then Alabama didn't get the stop. I mean, they they had a chance to stop. And they didn't stop it. I, I mean, I know we're going around the rebuttal tree here and throwing a lot of these, and some of these are valid. But um, you know, I thought also when you look at James Burnup. Y'all correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but if that's not roughing the punter, then I need to go back and read the rule book because it looked like roughing the punter to me. And then, and then Ryan, that's I mean, in roughing the punter supposed to protect the quarterback? Isn't that call supposed to protect the quarterback? Yeah. I mean, it's protect the punter? You would think. But, Ryan, that personal foul call on number 44, he speared Caleb Downs. He targeted him. You could see helmet to helmet right there on the ground. And they just call a personal foul unnecessary roughness. They did. You're right. Another good one. Yeah. So. I mean. I mean, maybe the Big Twelve officials makes us appreciate appreciate the SEC, Jay. <laughs> and, and they probably had a little note in there from the ACC. Y'all do the best you can to screw Alabama out of this. <laughs> Well, we've got to we we've got to address officiating. I know the NFL's had a huge Man, issue, yes, you do. Uh, but somehow we're going to have to encourage more quality people to go deeper into this. Whether we go back and recruit former athletes who know the game uh, to get them into it, or try to find a way to you know encourage pay more money, I still think that maybe we can look at some of these guys being full time. Maybe not every crew, but a multiple crews for those big games. I mean, there's just a lot of there's a lot of things with with college football, and I know the money. Uh, it doesn't go around, but uh, I appreciate you, man. Thank you, Jay. Hey, hey Ron, you, you have a blessed day. Thank, glad you're back safe, and uh, we'll talk to you fast. Hey, right back to you. R&R Cigars, locally owned and operated by Reagan and Randy Starner. Relax and recharge. Relax and recharge R&R Cigars. Be a great place to watch you know, the national championship game or maybe a, 
a basketball game. They've got big HD TVs, home theater seating, relax and recharge. 1,000 different cigars to choose from. R and R Cigars, 2703 6th Street. We roll on. We're taking more phone calls. We'll continue. We'll go to Jared in Houston, Texas, Matthew, uh, Bubba, and Northport, and many others. Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. For Alabama Credit Union, feel good about your money. AlabamaCU.com, the mobile app makes banking so much more convenient. All the mobile deposits, many times you don't even have to go into the bank to manage your money, whether we're talking about checking, savings, mortgage, home equity loan, financing a vehicle. And remember, Roll Tide, show your pride with the official credit card of the University of Alabama Alumni Association, AlabamaCU.com, Alabama Credit Union with great branches all over West Alabama and throughout the state of Alabama, Alabama Credit Union. Rumsey Environmental, serving the sound of my voice with waste removal services, portable toilet services, construction debris removal containers customized to fit your job site. Maybe it's remodeling. Maybe it's the storage containers. We did this about a year ago, moved all of our furniture into a storage container, brought out the construction debris removal containers. They customized to fit your job site. When you talk about when you have to know it's being done right, that's the time to call Rumsey Environmental, 205-248-0002, 205-248-0002. Rumsey Environmental, a one-stop shop serving West Alabama for all of your waste removal needs. Need to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive content on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9. Center Urgent Care Family Medicine. Our great doctors there, Dr. McGee, Dr. Lovely, Dr. Posey, started Med Center over 20 years ago. We expect the unexpected. You know, maybe if you're like me, you're a little under the weather. You maybe you got a little crud uh, doing the change of the weather thing, coming out of uh, 70s down to. When I landed at the Nashville Airport last night, it was 21 degrees. Noah, hello, cold weather. Uh, it was a little warmer out there. We we didn't see 20 degrees. We were. Uh, Nice. It was it was not a bad not bad days when you look at uh, going out there. It was probably in the sixties. Great uh, weather. It would drop down to the forties at night, but uh, most of our time was already inside uh, the Grand Sheraton. Let's continue here with more phone calls. Yes, yes, because I didn't have a jacket on when I left LA. I mean, I had two shirts on, so I was trying to dress in layers. But it was uh, mighty mighty cold. Mighty mighty cold. Uh, it was cold on Monday night there in LA for Alabama fans. Jared, Houston, Texas. Jared, good afternoon. You're in the game. Roll Tide, Ryan. What's happening, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I hope you are too, man. Man, I'm doing great. Sounds like you had a nice trip out west. I did. Oh, I did. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it's a it's a crazy state. I saw some um, of your pictures. You know, the one you took on the field and at the beach and different places. Yeah. It looks like it looks like the weather was nice and. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I got I got involved in a few protests, burned a couple of buildings down, threw a couple of. Uh, oh, you can get in that now. There's yeah. plenty of that out there. Yeah, it was it was, it was plenty it was of quite, that. Quite a, quite an experience. Did you, get, 
did the governor set y'all up a uh oh a, yeah uh, he, he was he was just absolutely fabulous uh transgender story time little drag queen story time action for y'all or what mm. i'm gonna leave that sitting on the table <laughs> <laughs> anyway look um nobody likes to lose it just wasn't our day, but but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you on the bright side. Alabama took the number one team to overtime on a day where statistically we had our worst game of yeah, the season. Absolutely, yes. Okay, so when you when you we had 116 passing yards, we ran it pretty well. I think we had 150 or 60 rushing yards. I think maybe maybe more. I don't know, but statistically, we had probably our worst game of the season. We couldn't get a snap off. We uh, we had receivers running wrong routes. We had just a lot of lot of mental errors in the game. Um, and for what you know, if you t- you take the number one team according to the the experts to to overtime, and they took us to overtime. We didn't take them to overtime. They took us to overtime. We had the lead. We did. And we had you know we had the ball in the fourth quarter driving to take an eleven point lead. We when we had the fumble and then we had the the, the uh, substitution penalty that stopped a really good momentum in a drive and put us behind the chains and, and, and forced us to kick the field goal. But, you know, we had we had the opportunity to go up by eleven two times. I thought we were, I just knew we were gonna put them away on, on, on one of those drives and we just didn't, didn't do it. What it wasn't our day. But I, I look on the bright side. I'm happy to have Jalen Milrow right. here. Without looking. Without looking, Jared. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I don't want you to look. Tell me what Alabama was on third down conversions. Third down conversions without looking. I'm not. I'm. I'm sitting in my car on the phone. I got no way to look. So, okay. um, so I, I maybe I maybe you, I, I, I tell you what. I'll give you a hint. Okay. I'm gonna tell you what's was very thir- good. Maybe was, maybe maybe three for thirteen or fourteen. You nailed it right there. Three of thirteen. Yeah, we. I knew it wasn't very good. That. Um, that's awful. Yeah, that's statistically our worst game of the season, Ryan. You know, if we and if you if want we to add play, it to it, fourth down conversions, zero and one, zero for one. Yeah, as overtime, but you know, still, I mean, statistically, we had our worst game of the season, as with Milro as a starting quarterback. But South Florida might have been worse, but but with you know, with full strength in our team on the field, statistically, we had our worst game of the season, and and they wind up scoring late in the game to take us to overtime. And, and win it. So, you know, I, you always want to win. I feel like this team had had was capable of winning. I still believe that. I still believe we could have won that football game running away uh, by well, more we than one score. stop on fourth down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know? I don't know, maybe, maybe we're not doing it enough. That defense deserves a lot of this responsibility. I don't, I don't know if we've placed it on them as much as we should have. Well, you know, they pitched a shutout until about a minute and a half to go in the football game or two minutes to go in the football game. They pitched a shutout the second half. They did. Our defense played lights but out. Then overtime, um, they and I wonder they, two I wonder, plays and they were in on two running plays. I wonder if the time of possession became a factor because we defended. Actually, well, our defense, our defense got tired. Yeah, they were tired. Well, actually, they were. Alabama ran more plays. I mean, let's just call it the way it is. Michigan was better prepared. They were. They they had a they had a pretty good plan. Um, I think the way they attacked our offensive line was the key. You know, they had the guy right over center, and uh, you know our center was struggling to start with without a guy right over him all the time. And when you when you put a guy that's that's uh, got plenty of ability like the guy they had on top of him, it, you know, it, it just made it even tougher for him. But um, 
I, I'm, I'm positive. I, I feel really good about our team going forward. Um, you know, there's going to be some transfers, but look, these guys that are in the transfer portal, Ryan, what did they do for us this year? Let's just go down the list. Who's in the transfer portal? All right. I mean, let's start with, I mean, you, you got some help with defensive backs, right? With Key and Trey Amos. Tresmar Marshall played a role when Deontay Lawson went down. Trey Amos? Trey Amos is in the portal? No, 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 no. I, I'm sorry. Are you asking what we benefited from yeah. that? Uh, okay. No, who, who, who's in the portal and what did what the, the guys oh, okay. in the portal I'm, do I'm, for us this year? Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought you were asking from last year because no, we, no, no, we no. went to the portal, but we didn't get a lot of production there. We did. Yeah, we so, got some guys that entered the portal this year. Go down the list of those guys. Let's talk about each one of the contribution of each one of those guys. Okay, um, let's go through. I mean, there's nine guys here, nine guys. And you, matter of fact, the, the article's on the website here. Um, you've got Malik Benson, Christian Story. Okay, he, he, Malik, let's go one at a time. Malik Benson, he caught a few passes. Wasn't, wasn't a world beater. He was supposed to be this all-speedy guy that was supposed to, you know, break it in the open field and get open and do all these great things. Um, you know, he, he, he contributed some this year, but he wasn't, wasn't what he was um, presented to be when he came in and, you know, in my opinion, he missed a route the other night that cost us a drive. In my, in my opinion. All right. So you got Malik Benson uh, there, which was one of the top junior college wide receivers. That's why. And listen, I know A and M fans are taking a victory lap over Holloman Wiggins. I think you've got an elite recruiter. I don't know if you've got an elite football coach. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't disagree with you there, Ryan. So I don't Malik Benson, wide receiver. Uh, Shaz Preston, wide receiver. Non contributor. Didn't play. Uh, Miles uh, Ketzelman. Um, he Didn't played. Play. He played some, but uh, not a lot. Seth McLaughlin, offensive line. Obviously, he played a role, significant. You know, look, Seth McLaughlin did a lot of good things at Alabama. He had a bad year this year. I wish the kid luck. I'm, I'm like Drew. You know, I wish the kid luck. He he, he did a lot of good things while he was here. Um, he's a big, strong kid, and he and he and he. You know, if you look at his stats, he he didn't he wasn't any didn't give up any sacks, but he. he he struggled with the snap and the ball all year. It was a constant battle from the week one to the to the semifinal playoff game. Every game, it was five to ten snaps. He just were picking them up off the ground or over his head or out to the right or just you know not snapping it when 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 the when they're supposed to. And I don't know if that's a timing thing or a or what, but but whatever that is with a new guy coming in. I know we got a couple guys we recruited their centers that that probably one of them will probably take that role. Or they may shift somebody that's a sophomore or junior into that role, develop somebody. But um, he had a tough year, but but he did contrib- contribute for us this year, and and uh, so I'll, I'll give. I'll All give right, Terrence one. Ferguson played by. I don't I don't have time to go through every single one of these. Jerry. That's fine. That's uh, fine. Terrence that's Ferguson, fine. offensive lineman, played in some opportunities when injuries were part of that team. Terrence Ferguson played yep. a role. Um, yep. Moncal Goodwine, not really. Uh, not even sure if he how many snaps he got throughout the season. Not many, if any, at all. I mean, he might have played in the four games or something. But uh, Earl Little, defensive back, Christian Story is is the big one. Because I thought, yeah. But you know, it may have been just guessing when you look at that transfer portal, bringing those guys from the outside last year, and then even the year prior, uh, may have said, you know what, I, I don't know if I can compete for a job because. All they're going to do is go get a defensive back, and uh, you saw yep. that and last week. Terry, I think Terry on Arnold Jackson, comes back. USC. I think Terry on Arnold comes back. I don't think he goes in the draft. I'll tell you what, man, that would be a lot of cash to turn down. I know I've heard the rumbles just like everybody else, but uh, uh, man, 
I mean, if he gets a projection, what we think, that's a that's a lot. Anyway, uh, Jared, I appreciate you, man. Houston, Texas, thank you. You got it, brother. Roll tight. Keep swinging, man. Thank you. Hey, hey, Jared, Jared. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you do me one quick favor? I know I was staying in the front bedroom. Can you cancel my reservations, please? I've already canceled it. Okay. I've already canceled it. I've already uh, canceled your dining reservations. Okay. I mean, I, I canceled I, your cigar delivery, and um, I know you had had a, a, a DoorDash guy for pizza one night, and I canceled it too. So everything's handled. Okay. Because I mean, Jared was gonna. I mean, he was gonna be my uh, just just liaison, helping me out, understand yep. Houston, and and now because I've of, got your your chauffeur. I've already told him not to not to pick you up and all that stuff at the airport and. So all that stuff's been canceled, and we're looking forward to you coming out another time. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, Jared. You got it, brother. Roll Tide. Jared in Houston, Texas, who was going to host all those Alabama fans. We're going to have a party. Matthew, coming up next, T-Town, Tide, 100.9, WTBC. Your home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. So as we move US 82 going eastbound from Airport Road towards Jack Warner Parkway, River Road, you can expect an 11-minute drive with a 4-minute delay in that area. But things are looking good as we move 2059 going westbound from Skyland Boulevard and making our way towards 359, about an 8-minute travel. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Jones. Don Wattis CPA, 527 Main Avenue in downtown Northport. Small business and personal income taxes, payroll, sales tax needs. They can also help you with nonprofit or church accounting or auditing in business since 1999. They work for you, not the IRS. When you take on taxes, you got to have someone on your side. It's Don Wattis CPA, 205-345-5595, 205-345-5595. Don Wattis CPA, the official accountant of the game. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and cold with a chance of some light rain at times this afternoon, the high 45. Tonight, clearing with the low at 29. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, the high 51. And Friday, cloudy during the day, rain by Friday night, the high 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Best breakdown of Alabama football in the state. The game with Ryan Fowler. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. found nothing at out in L.A. that was remind me of the Southern cuisine. Boo. Tonight, you've got uh, Baja Fish Tacos, Prime Rib, Smoked Pork Chop, uh, Vegetable Today's Fried Okra. Uh, tomorrow for lunch, Hot Style Chicken Tacos, Coffee Rub Beef Brisket Po' Boy, Black and Mahi Mahi with Boom Boom Sauce. That sounds great. Black Eyed Peas is the vegetable today. Dinner tomorrow evening, Prime Rib, Smoked Pork Chop, Cajun Shrimp Alfredo. Now, the normal menu, bacon wrap, meatloaf, fish and taters, all the great biscuit sandwiches, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard, 1530 McFarland Boulevard. Matthew, Max, Bubba, and many others. Next, T-Town, Tide, 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Southern 
Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard. Eat Southern, be Southern. All the biscuit sandwiches, the great Southern cuisine like the bacon wrap, meatloaf, the fish and taters. All the great sandwiches like the Yardbird, the great salads, the daily lunch and dinner specials Monday through Saturday at Southern Owl House. We've also opened up an additional part of Southern Owl House and expanded with our catering needs there to fulfill what you're looking for. 205-248-7500. Ask for Taylor. 205-248-7500. Catering from a small party to a large corporate event. Southern Owl House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard. <laughs> WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Dan Byer. Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson will not play Saturday against the Steelers. The Ravens resting him as Tyler Huntley will get the start in the Week 18 matchup. Steelers still have playoff hopes, while the Ravens have already locked up the number one seed in the AFC. Jaguars need a win to win the AFC South against the Titans and quarterback Trevor Lawrence limited in practice today with a sprained shoulder. The Jaguars did open up the 21-day practice window for wide receiver Christian Kirk. Dolphins wide receiver Tyree Kill left practice today. His house caught on fire in South Florida. Reports say everyone is out of the house and safe. Dolphins getting set for that matchup against the Bills. Bills quarterback Josh Allen limited in practice today with a sore neck. Some familiar names not playing in Week 18. They include Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford, Niners quarterback Brock Purdy, and Browns quarterback Joe Flacco. In the NBA, Lakers guard D'Angelo Russell will not play against the Heat tonight, missing his second straight game. Tennessee byway, one arm on the wheel, holding my lover with the other, a sweet, soft southern thrill. Worked hard all week, got a little jingle on a Tennessee Saturday night. Couldn't feel better. I'm together with my Dixieland delight. Spend my dollar, park in a holler neath the mountain moonlight. Hold her up tight, make a little loving, a little turn of dubbing on a Mason Dixon night. It's my life. Man, we've been on the road to 19, like, for a long, long time. But uh, 18 national titles, 30 SEC titles, 77 postseason appearances, 45 postseason victories. We were hoping that number would go up. Four Heisman winners, 147 first-team All-Americans, the NCAA all-time scoring leader, and the greatest college football coach has ever walked the sidelines. We are covering a lot of the transfer portal. It has slowed down. Uh, we had Drew Armand on earlier. And I kept him on an, uh, a double segment simply because every question I had was getting 
uh, hijacked by the other transfer portal news. We've had nine players that have went in the transfer portal today. I think the highlights probably Seth McLaughlin, Terrence Ferguson, Earl Little, Christian Story is a big loss. Eli Holstein, the quarterback. Malik Benson, the wide receiver that transferred uh, last year. Shaz Preston, uh, Miles Ketzelman, uh, tied in at the University of Alabama. So uh, Monkel, good one as well. So you got nine players. Ty Simpson has informed uh, that he will come back for another season at the University of Alabama. More of this at Tide109.com. Now, we go off the air at 6 o'clock, but uh, we have multiple people on our team that will keep you up to date uh, as we travel throughout the evening. So there may be others uh, that will put their name in the transfer portal, but I would imagine at 5.05 uh, that probably some of that has slowed down and uh, some of these players will probably let it marinate what Coach Saban told them. They meet with Coach Saban and he talks about the future and what role they have. And uh, we'll see. There may be others that are debating this, but nine players so far. Uh, Ty Simpson coming back uh, gives you some backup options, right? And I'm sure if you ask him, he's probably there to compete for a job, right? Not that it will be available, but that's what competitors do. And I expect Ty to do the same. Uh, he took some steps. I think the, when you look at Tommy Reese, we was asked about that. And no doubt he's got a great arm talent. Uh, he didn't show his best performance, but uh, he progressed as a season like all those guys. And uh, made the best guy whoever. And I think it would take a ton to dethrone Jalen Milrow. Remember, I voted him third on the Heisman list. I thought he was that much of an impact to his football team. Where would Alabama be without Jalen Milrow? So more of an appreciation uh, there of what he's been able to accomplish. We're always powered by Tuscaloosa Toyota, TuscaloosaToyota.com. Let's continue with more phone calls, and we go to Max, and then we'll go to Matthew, then we'll go to Bubba, and then we've got Bama Nick and Corey in Trustville. Max, Tupelo, Mississippi. Max, good afternoon. You're in the game. I hope all is well. Hey, Max. Okay, Max, I can't hear you, man. I'll put you back on hold. Let's see if Max. No, Max. Max is gone, gone, gone. Let me put him back on hold, see if he's there. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew, are you there? Brian, what's happening, my brother? I'm good, man. I hope you are as well. I am, man. Look, man, appreciate you giving me a minute to come on. Um, I want to start out by saying, uh, you know, it's really easy to take things for granted, you know, uh, especially if you're an Alabama football fan. Uh, you know, at the start of this season, Ryan, you know, I called in and I predicted that Bama would go undefeated this season with, with Jay Milrow at, at QB. And, uh, but after the, the Texas and, and the South Florida game, uh, and I would just, I would just hoping Bama could win at least seven games, you know, that's how bad it was looking. And, and, and also after the South Florida game, if somebody had walked up and, and offered me 10 wins, for the Bama football team this year, I would have, I would have took that and ran with it so fast, man, to make your head swim. But look, we wind up winning the SEC, and we wind up, uh, you know, playing in the playoffs, and and of course, all of us wanted to to get another natty. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's just the way Bama fans are. But you know, after the the game the other night, listen to Coach Saban talk, and listen to Jay Miro talk. You know. What I heard was, uh, even though we come up short, we, we need to really appreciate this season as fans. We need to be really grateful, man, and, you know, and, and, and be thankful. And the more I think about that, I mean, 12 and 2 is a solid record. I mean, I, that's, and, right. and I, that's one day, and I don't know when we're going to do it, but we're going to have a debate about what we should consider success. Because as we enter a new era of playoffs, what is it? 
that's considered a success. Winning the SEC, making it into the playoffs, because this is a it's a tough area. It's it's a challenge. College football's changed, whether we like it or not. We have to observe it. Yep, that's exactly right, man. And so you know, yeah, it 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 stung. It hurt the other night, but the more I think about it, you know, over the last you know day day here. Uh, I'm just really appreciative of, of what we accomplished this year because, like I said, it could have been a, a whole lot worse. And and I'll uh, I'll just wrap it up by saying this. It also reminds me of every day when I'm out here on the road and I turn the radio on and I'm listening to you. I don't get to call in a lot, but this has also kind of made me stop and, and think. And and I want every every uh, listener. That, that that listen every day to think about this. We need to be more appreciative of you and what you do and stop taking stuff for granted just like you're going to just every day just bring it and like you bring it, you know, because uh, you do a great job and, and I, I don't think we appreciate it enough and we need to stop and think about that just like with Alabama football team, you know. We need to be more appreciative Stop taking stuff for granted and just just be more thankful. And, Ron, I appreciate you giving me a few minutes. But God bless you, man. Well, thank we you, love thank you. you for the, let, me, let me say this. Thank you for the kind words. Um, you know, I was talking about this with my wife coming back. You know, we're, we're talking about anything because we're driving back at 1 a.m. in the morning from Nashville. Uh, got back mm-hmm. in at 5 a.m. And I was talking about, you know, it's an absolute honor. I mean, this is the team that I grew up rooting for. This is the team, you know, I pretended to be Bobby Humphrey and Derek Thomas in the backyard. I mean, most people in the state of Alabama, they were a one-way player. In the backyard, right. I was a two-way player. Most people can't mm-hmm. pull that off, Matthew. I mean, That's I was right. Bobby Humphrey in the backyard, and then when we switched to defense, I brought the old towel out, and I was Derek Thomas. Now, I, I, I reminded that. nothing of those guys, but those were my heroes. I mean, I, I grew up in the state, and to be able to cover one of the greatest dynasties in the history of not just college football and the greatest sport, it's a privilege. Yeah. It's a privilege. Right. Uh, it's not a it, you know. It's a job that I love. I enjoy. Um, I believe God has placed me here in this spot, and I'm appreciative of Him. Uh, well, we appreciate you too, man, and and uh, I thank God for you. Keep up the good work, Brian. I mean, uh, Ryan. Thank you, Matthew. Have a great trip, man. Right. Thank you. All right, man. Bye. Uh, that is Matthew. I didn't even check where Matthew was uh, from today. He's a uh, guy that travels a lot throughout the country. Uh, let's continue, and we go to Bubba in Northport. Bubba, good afternoon. You're in the game. Good afternoon. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I hope you are, too. Doing well, doing laundry. <laughs> you gonna come help? <laughs> uh, no. No. I, no. I, will, I will say this. Now, here is my responsibilities with laundry, Okay. I pick up clothes, but now we're we're actually fairly decent about getting them to the the laundry uh, container. So I pick up laundry, I put it in the in the basket, I get it to the washer. I'm also a guy that I don't leave it sitting there in the washer. I take it off, put it in the dryer. But there now, you go. but now when it's done, Bubba, we've got a gigantic uh, table that is in our as our house. It's not a laundry table. It's just a it's a table. It's dining room that we probably never use, but uh, that's where it goes. So then my wife takes over that responsibility because I don't think she wants me folding any part of her clothes. Uh, right. So folding I, is not I, my strength, but I, I do other things. I mean, uh, okay. sweep the floor. I'm, I'm good at that. I mean, I'm, I'm, 
Uh, yeah, I cut the grass. I mean, as long as I've got one of those Northport Power Equipment uh, mowers, I mean, I'm I'm good at cutting the grass. Yep. But I I I I, I had a thought after we got off the phone yesterday. Okay, what was it? What the this offensive line? Do you think they need to lose weight? You think I they do. got too much? I do. Time? Yeah, I do. I really do. I, I, I do too. I think they're I mean, too heavy. There's a reason why nobody in the NFL has a bigger offensive line than the University of Alabama. Right. The much as much analytics as they put in it, 340, the average across the front is too big. They need at least to drop 20 pounds. Well, you know. just change it, transform it, and they will. Yeah. That strength conditioning program is top notch at Alabama. Uh, they take I, a, and I think I think that makes a real difference. It could have made a real difference. Let, let me say this: in the trenches, we were not as dominant on both sides of the football, offense no. and defensive line. We we didn't win the trenches many times. No, we did not. And I was talking to a gentleman in the grocery store today, and he came up with this very interesting, interesting point. When 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 Michigan tied it up. They were. They had the momentum. Why we won the toss in overtime? Why put them back on the field first? I know you want to see what they're gonna do. I know that's the, you know, the right thing to do. But they had the hot hand. To me, he had a good point. You go on offense and try to break that momentum a little bit. You see where I'm going with that? I do. Um, yeah, but I still think at overtime, you want to see what you're matched up against. Well, that's true. That's true. I didn't. Really, I guess I, I just thought it sounded good. No, I, and- no, I do. I do think it sounds good, Bubba. I really do. I mean, I think it's you know it's one to think about because I mean they just had momentum. They just drove right down your throat. And is is, is that guy on that punt? Doesn't wrap that ball over. We score a touchdown because there was there were four Alabama guys right on him. I mean, I mean there were several, you know, times that that could have been the game changed when they did that little flip back to the quarterback. That was a lateral, and he almost missed it, and that was a free ball. So there were several times during that game that the breaks didn't really go our way. You like Miro slipping, you know. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, Jim Harbaugh slipped coming out of the tunnel before the game started. I did not see you know, that. They, yeah. You did see it? I did not. I did not. No. Yeah, I saw multiple did. players, he, Alabama and Michigan players, both uh, slip down and, and bust their butt. Halfway to their sideline, he slipped and one of his players caught him. Caught him when he was off balance, or he would have hit the ground. And that was talking about that up in the on TV. I mean, you know, what, if, what if you had a starting running back um, or a starting quarterback that would have done that? And, I, I'm and, just and telling Harkinson. you that that stadium is fun. It's historic, but it is so dated. I mean, it it is like stepping back in time and going to the game, and that's part of the the feeling that you get when you walk on that field. I get it. Uh, I think it could it's always have like, a role in college football. It's kind of like going. It's kind of like going to the old county high football stadium after going to their new one. 
<laughs> That's a great point. Going on Main Avenue, right there in, in down, yeah. down North Fork. Close I, to it. I, absolutely. You know, cause the other one, they get play on that fine Astro stuff now, so... Anyway, but that's all I had today. Thanks, Bubba. Have a great day, man. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, that means there's one line available. We just cleared the line there, 205-342-9904. We'll come back. We'll take the number one caller. Now, he, he got it in 2023. Will he be able to try to keep it in 2024? I'm not sure. Let me check with Vegas's betting odds. I'll tell you next. T-Town, Tide, 100.9, 1230 WTBC. Your home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. With the high projected in the mid-40s today, the low tonight in the mid-20s tomorrow, warming up to the low 50s. We got rain in the picture for Friday and on Monday, which should help the drought conditions in Alabama. Plus, the ongoing wildfires in Alabama. The largest wildfire is 28 acres in the Talladega National Forest in East Alabama. And when you log on to TuscaloosaThread.com, you can find out more about a Crimson Tide Commit winning Alabama Gatorade Player of the Year. Get 20 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. Tuscaloosa Traffic, now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. So as we make our way, US 82 from Jack Warner Parkway, River Road, and making our way towards Airport Road, about a 15-minute ride on that side, a 7-minute delay. Also, you can expect a little bit of slow traffic, Highway 69, as we move northbound from 15th Street and making our way towards County Highway 56. Also, things are looking good, 2059, going westbound from Skyland towards 359. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Jones. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and cold with a chance of some light rain at times this afternoon, the high 45. Tonight, clearing with the low at 29. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, the high 51. And Friday, cloudy during the day, rain by Friday night, the high 53. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Best sports talk show in all of Alabama. The game with Ryan Fowler on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Jump in. I do remind you about the pharmacy at Midtown. As we open up 2024 just a couple of days ago, we do think about the pharmacy at Midtown and we think about keeping the dollar. I would challenge you. Uh, shows like this one, shows, uh, you know, whether it's sponsoring your T ball team or uh, sponsoring, you know, local events, uh, don't see a lot of uh, big box stores. Uh, cashing out and uh, throwing out there. I mean, some, but probably not as much. When you're part of the local community, keep that dollar here, whether we're talking about multi-dose packaging, easy prescriptions, filling, free home delivery, medication savings. Uh, you can set those reminders via the app. It's a convenient tool where you can say, hey, oh, it's time, it's time. It's time to go get my uh, prescriptions. The great customers that uh, benefit from the pharmacy at Midtown. Uh, when we talk about pharmacymidtown.com, you can do that or you can... Uh, Call them, simply new patients, uh, 
752-0627-205-752-0627. Let those guys do the hard work of transferring your prescriptions. You're going to pay the same. Keep the money here. Pharmacy Midtown. If you're tired of driving around the building, it is the pharmacy at Midtown. Also, the compounding needs, that hard-to-get medication. Maybe you and your physician agree upon a, do- a dosage that uh, you just can't find anywhere. Uh, that's where T.J. Thomas, uh, the only sterile compounding facility here in Tuscaloosa. It is the pharmacy at Midtown. Let's continue with more phone calls, and we go here to Bama Nick. Bama Nick, how are you? Welcome to the game in Tuscaloosa. Ryan Fowler, I'm I'm doing all right. Just got back from a funeral a little while ago, and uh, doing all right. We went over after funeral to my buddy's house, and you know the, the husband of the one deceased, and uh, we just sat there and poured us a few and talked. There's a lot so of only there too. only a few. No, about twenty five. Okay. Now was it the uh, yeah. was it the expensive stuff or did you carry your famous? Um... No, I had me I had me a flask with my ancient age bourbon in it. I was taking me a couple hits. Okay. Then I got drinking my beer. Everybody else was drinking margaritas. I was drinking ancient age and fast uh, blue ribbon. I got you. So. Uh... <laughs> Are you back in Tuscaloosa? Files? I am. I am here. Well, I'm good. in the studio good, right here. Problem. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. That's good. I wasn't going to call yesterday with you in an airport with kids hollering and squalling and uh, background noises. When the number well, one not, caller calls, yeah, I like to have a full, clean. Uh, yeah, full attention as you deserve. Yes. That's right. That's yeah. right. And as far as me being the 2024 best caller, number one. It ain't going to change, Fowler. It ain't going to change. It ain't going to change. Ain't nobody calls your show going to beat me out. Tell them all that. Batman Nick is coming back. 2024. I ain't heard a call yet. Going to take my place. Unless I let them have it. I'll give it the title to them. Like I gave uh, Blueberry Steve the number one international caller. Blueberry Steve, the number one. Yeah, you no, me? no. You I mean, the well, you I mean, me? but I mean, you got that for twenty twenty three. No, no, no. You, you got twenty twenty three. That's right. Will you be able to do it in twenty twenty four? That's what is all to be determined. I just told you, Fowler. Because you, you might get complacent. You might get complacent. I've seen oh. Alabama get complacent around here. Uh, Alabama, I saw them got. They got complacent. That game the other night, I had a big party over here watching. I had these Georgia fans over here watching it with me, and I was getting ready to gloat. And I said, when I saw was watching that game, I said, oh, Lord, we're in trouble. The whole game, we was in trouble. So what, we couldn't what was do nothing, foul. It was pitiful. I mean, what, what, who do you put the responsibility on? Because that was a question we went through yesterday. Yeah, I was listening to the show yesterday. I was listening to it. I put it on. I put it. I put it on the head coach. I put it on Coach Saban. You know why, Fowler? Well, he took full responsibility in the in the. There you go. And you know why he did that? He should have. You know why? Because he's like a like a captain on a ship, a warship, or any ship. If he's the captain, he has responsibility on everybody. Everybody's action. He is the number one person they go to. That has to accept responsibility for anybody that messes up, and so he's right. You know, I like. I mean, he he did the right thing. It was totally he. He's the one that 
agrees to the play calls. I'm sure he knows every play that's sent in. I mean, I don't hold, I don't hold it. I don't blame uh, Tommy Reese, going though I, I didn't agree with the call. I thought it was a stupid call. Fourth and three, try to run a quarterback snake. They ain't worked all day. I'm like some of you call it. I don't know why they just didn't roll him the option to throw a little old two-yard pass to the tight end like a lot of these other colleges do when they go down at the three-yard line, roll out and throw a little pass to the tight end, and there you go. That's a simple call. What do you think? Okay. Well, I think. What, wouldn't that have been what you would have called if you'd have been in that I would have loved to see him get on the outside, out and then he's got options yeah. whether to throw it or run it. That's right. Three yards out. Lord have mercy. And I don't know. I don't want to hear about the ball being snapped low when it was an RPO that had the plate called off the left guard. Jesus Christ. We couldn't block them all day long. I don't know. That's who I blame it on, Fowler. And I'm sure a lot of people agree with me. And if they knew anything about football, that's probably what they they say. You're right, Bama Nick. But anyway, Fowler. Well, so so you're you're putting the blame on the game plans, what you're saying, correct? Right. The game plan, the whole game, the game plan sucked. I agree with you. Sucked, Fowler. I mean, I think on both sides of the football, not just offense. I mean, did you hear right. me read the De- statistic? Defense, defense, defense. Lord have mercy, Paul. I, I, I agree with you yesterday when you stumped. <laughs> when we was up in the fourth quarter late, and we was up. and, and Remember when that Michigan, uh, we hunted the ball, kicked, and, and the guy fumbled the ball, and it rolling down, and we tackled him on the one-yard line. They ran the whole damn length of the field, Paul. <laughs> we couldn't stop them. All we had they to did. do was stop them for four plays, three plays, four plays. So they had 59 total it. plays. They they averaged. Now, listen, listen to this, okay? How many, I'm listening. How many plays does it take to get a first down? Normally, uh, 10 yards, three. They averaged 5.9 yards per attempt, okay? I'm not a <laughs> mathematician, but three times, let's just round up to six. Three times six is above t- uh, 10, fair? Right, 18, three times six, 18. 5.9 yards per carry is what we gave up on the defensive side of the football. Let Lord that sink. Have mercy. Now, in uh, comparison, we only we only allowed, we only averaged 4.4. But then we were 3 of 13 on third downs. 3 that's right. of 13. Let that marinate for just a minute. It was pitiful, Bob. I told you it was pitiful. I, I think I don't think we got off the bus. <laughs> did we did we make the trip to California? I'm wondering if we uh was still hung over or something over there in Tuscaloosa after well for the uh, what, two weeks, three weeks after we beat Georgia and then I think everybody just got party mode and stayed drinking and stuff till they left, get on the plane to go to California. Well you said last week they were doing too much partying. We were talking about feeding that's big right, steak, steak. And going out and eating it, that wasn't then. What was that? Eat around, eat off, or bake off, or beef whatever bowl. y'all was You're close. There. Beef bowl. Yeah, whatever y'all was doing out there, you was probably with them. Yeah, they fed me. 
And there you go. You should have told them, by my neck, said, y'all need to be in your motel room, 10 o'clock, or watching game film every day, getting your plays together. I don't think that I don't think they studied tape too much. Oh, I don't know. I think they just went out there to party. I think they just went out there to party. Embarrassment. It was an embarrassment to me and my Bama fans around here in America. So I had to put up with these Georgia people. You know, I was at the. I was at a. Well, that's a easy to shut here. down, Bama Nick. I mean, you realize. What I you... went to the viewing last night for my dear friend that passed away last Thursday. I was at the viewing last night at the funeral home, and I and my butt, my Georgia buddies come in there and said, "Nick, we want to give you." They gave me more sympathy than they did the the, the dead and deceased. So Alabama, Nick, we want to give our sympathy to you, uh, Alabama. Any uh, chance they were being sarcastic? <laughs> no, they were being funny because they, I get on them too when Georgia loses. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But, of course, Georgia wasn't playing in the college football playoffs. Yeah, they were being funny. They were messing with me, Fowler. But that's what I had to take. So what, was, what was your comeback? What it. was your I comeback? I said, well, I will be there again next year. So all I can say is we'll be there every year. I said, we'll be there next year. What else could I say, Fowler? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just tell them, well, we'll be there next year. I mean, I, you know, it ain't it ain't in, it ain't the end of the road. Well, I would us. tell them that we'll see them in September, and you guys will go one and seven against Nick Saban. Well, I did mention that too. I did say, well, we'll see you in September, and we'll see. You know, I think I believe it's what September the twenty eighth or something like that. It will be. I can't remember. Is it the third game of the season or something like that? I think that? it's the fourth, isn't it? Fourth might be the fourth, Ryan. I, I try to remember. You're getting old. Well, I'm 69, Fowler, come February. so That's old. Yeah, I know it's old. I'm old as Birmingham. But you got Western Kentucky, South Florida, Wisconsin, then Georgia. Fourth game. Okay, fourth game of the yeah. year. Thanks, yeah. Baminick. Roll Tide. Hey, uh, let me ask you this, Fowler. Hang on just a minute. Let me think. But hell, I done forgot what I wanted to say. Hey, I ain't been listening to the show because I was at the funeral and all that. I was a pallbearer. And, of course, I took me a little hit before, you know, I had to tote that cat. This sounds like a funeral that, uh, like a celebration. Well, you wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't believe some of the people who showed up there. I was all decked out in my suit, nice suit and shirt. Every people showed up, pallbearer showed up in blue jeans. I said, Lord, have mercy. This is one of them hillbilly rock funerals up there in Kentucky. <laughs> All right. I got to run, man. Thank only you. Thing we didn't have, only thing they didn't have was some moonshine. Got it, man. Thank you so much. Well, have, you heard, have, have you heard from Paul? Paul from Lincoln or, or Dan G or anybody? Uh, we have not heard from is either anybody, one of those guys. I know Paul called? was coming back today. Oh, yeah, we've, we've, been, we've been jammed up. i got to get some more calls. Thanks, man. I hope you have a great day. Uh, roll Tide. We'll continue with more of the game next. Tide 100.9, 1230 WTBC. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. For more from Tide 100.9, let's it fly. And there's it. Whoa. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud.
DCH Health System has been providing quality and compassionate health care to our friends and neighbors here in West Alabama. DCHHealthSystem.com. DCHSystem.com. Excuse me. Uh, we're taking more of your phone calls, and we go right back to the phone calls. Let's go to Pat. Pat, good afternoon. You're in the game. Hey, Ryan. I'm so happy that you made it home safely. That I was concerned about that drive from Nashville back to Tuscaloosa with all of them still got a lot of drunks on the road. Well, I, got, I got to spend a lot of time thinking about... Uh, you know, you, your comment yesterday. But, uh, you know, You're trying to raise money it. for the collective. Yes, sir. But, uh, I mean, I think we just passed the plate. But, yeah, we don't we pass, pass a hat, a helmet, or something. But, uh, I mean, because missing out on Walter Nolan was a disaster. But, uh, and that's just, my, I mean, it's obvious we weren't. We weren't stopping to run. Whatever we're doing with whatever we got wasn't working. Oh, and I think it has a, still has a whole lot to do that we've got to go to Texas and buy Bo Davis. I mean, is, am I am I wrong there? Am I am I am I I'd love oh, to see love know, to see Bo Davis uh, here? Yeah, you know. I mean, I mean it's, I, I, yeah, he didn't. Oh, Texas had issues too. I mean, the Lord knows Texas had their issues too, but. Oh, um, I mean, it's obvious what we're doing is not working, but it uh, doesn't appear to be. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, I mean, I listen, I'm a big fan of Bo Davis because I'm a big fan of Pete Jenkins. I mean, he's a disciple yeah. of that. Well, uh, well I, uh, I mean, I'm just, like I said, I just hope that we can uh, get this thing, uh, get this ship righted. Oh, now, somebody made a statement yesterday, and I didn't realize that, but I'm going to uh, go in on that. We talked about had oh, 50 bad snaps. I read today where Seth has gone into the transfer portal. Was that fake news? Or no, is that no, legitimate? no, 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 it's real. Yeah. Where okay. you, where you been all day, Pat? Well, man, like I said, I'm just following up on what I'm reading. I had a powers that be tell me that James is going to be that Seth's taking a hike and that James is going to be the quarter. I mean, uh, uh, well, the quarterback of the offensive line next year. Rockermeyer. Well, I mean, I would expect they'd probably go to the transfer portal and add some competition. I'm not saying he can't, but I think they would probably yeah. add some competition. Fair. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's what it says back to what I can't understand about this whole thing. We've got, oh, uh, three centers on campus, supposedly three known centers. And it, are they that bad, the two backups? Are they that bad that they can't be better than 50 bad snaps? Wow, that's a lot. You but know, at some I mean, point, you got to put that on the coaches. Yeah, I mean, well, it, but hey, I don't know if he, if they're not taking enough snaps. I mean, during practice, I mean, that's the only thing they would be doing is snapping the ball to the quarterback. But then again, some of that was on Jalen too. Oh, I mean, you, you had to be because when you can't hear, I mean, Mississippi State, you couldn't hear nothing. I mean, that's, that, those damn cowbells over there, they're just incredible. I didn't mean to say a bad word there. But they're incredible over there. In places, you know, down there in, the 12th, in Texas A&M with the 12th man, it's loud. 
at LSU at nighttime, it's loud. And you're going to play in stadiums where it's loud. You've got to be able, the first thing he's got to do before he worries about a block, he's got to be able to do his number one job and get the ball to the quarterback. And, um, and like I said, I think some of it was on, uh, was not necessarily Seth's fault. That, uh, that's probably a given. And, uh, you know, as to how Something much was of confused it was. on the snap counting because I've seen even replays where Michigan guys were not clapping. They were hitting their uh, quad pad. Or helmets or something. Well, yeah, because yeah, they can't clap because that's a penalty. But they can, you know, they can tap and, and do things to try to simulate. That was one of the bad snaps was on that. I saw the video. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, I mean, but anyway, but you should be able to change your snap count. So sure. why, why were you not but, able to change your snap count? Yeah, exactly. Omaha. <laughs> Omaha. <laughs> you know, talking about or, man. Or, I mean, look, look at what Dak, Dak Prescott says. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. How, how about how about this, like, that Arabic word, hut? Hut, hut. Well, I did see him get in, it, it makes, in a hut. It makes a camel go. It makes a camel go, you know? Yeah. Uh, but. But anyway, hey, back to well, the gist of my call today. And, uh, I, like I said, I wanted to talk about that oh, this quarterback competition. That, uh, I mean, you're probably one of the ones that think we already are set at quarterback. I am not. That, uh, I believe that uh, with the quarterbacks coming in and the other quarterbacks that we're going to start this quarterback competition all over in the springtime. Okay. What do you think? Okay. What do you think? I think that's that's a good possibility. So, I mean, no, I mean, in in a way that you've always got competition. Nick Saban says nobody's entitled, but I also expect if you're asking me my prediction, I think Jalen Milrow will be your starting quarterback against Western Kentucky. But will there be competition? I mean, you think Nick Saban's going to go out there and shut it down and just tell guys, "Hey, man, don't compete. You got to have a backup ready." Oh yeah, and uh, whether whether it's a uh, you know who 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 it is remains to be seen. That uh, I'm, I'm hearing good things about the freshman, that, uh, but he's awful young. That uh, awful young. I mean, you know, uh, but we got to do something, and we got to get them ready because oh, this is going to be a long, long season, and uh, with a with this twelve team playoff, I think. We're built. We just got to do a tremendous job keeping people out of the transfer portal in order to be ready to go uh, for the long haul because this is going to be a long haul. And uh, I mean, it would be real nice to get those buys and stuff, but oh, those buys are not guaranteed. I mean, we could we could be the twelfth team getting in. Who knows? You know, the, the SEC is loaded down this year. What do you think? There we go. It is. No. Yeah. Thanks, Pat. Well, uh, all right. Have a blessed one, Ryan Fowler. This is going to be a great year. That, uh, looking forward to it. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thank you. Let's go to Corey in Trustville. Corey, good afternoon. You're in the game. Hey, Ron. How you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. You know, after taking the game in, I'm not a, as upset as you think I would be because um, Michigan deserved to win the game. I mean, they 
dominated on both lines of scrimmage and um they didn't make the mistakes that we made and you know I didn't say this but most people did that if Alabama played their best game and Michigan played their best game Alabama should win and we didn't come close to playing our best game and the mistakes that crept up in September is what became our undoing as far as costing us and uh um i'm i'm surprised that we had some of the same mistakes but i mean i'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the center part i'm talking about jay Romero and some of the mistakes he made and some of the defensive lapses but in the end in the end i'm not i'm not upset because this was a very tough game to win um the only thing I maybe was a little disappointed was the play calling in the end. But at the same time, I'm I'm not disappointed necessarily, but I would even though I would like to see Alabama play in the championship, I I, I can I can deal with this loss much better than, than recent ones. I mean previous ones. Yeah. Well there you go. Corey, uh how what was your reaction? And you said that, like you're getting accustomed to losing, Corey. I mean, I'm not. No, I'm not, I'm not accustomed to losing. I'm just saying that this one is not as – didn't hurt that bad. Even though it hurt, it wasn't like, like a crushing blow. You know what I mean? Well, um, I, I'll be honest. Uh, that means we're accepting losing, Corey. I, I don't want to accept losing. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm ready for the, cardiac Corey to come back. You've got soft on me, Corey. Well, well, I will say blood pressure was high during the game. It was out in L.A. too. Did um? I kept having did, to get up, yeah, walk around, stand up. I didn't understand. I didn't understand the last play call. I really didn't. I did we get to me? It did seem predictable to you. It did. Yeah, I mean, you knew exactly what you thought they were going to try to do, and they did. I mean, I, mean my- I was talking to a national beat reporter, uh, not a beat reporter, but a media guy who talked to some of the Michigan staff, and they was asked about that particular play, and he said, we knew exactly what they were going to do. Now, some of that may be on Connor Stallions, right? Maybe they scouted Alabama a little harder than Alabama scouted them. Well, my thing is on that play call, well, A, the low snap, but B, like many people have said, why didn't you call a play where you could have multiple options? I mean, even if it failed, it seemed like a losing play to begin with. And the blocks were defeated by the Michigan front seven. And I think you said this yesterday. I think J.C. Latham tripped him up, so it had no had no um, chance to, to succeed. And um, that's what was frustrating. It was kind of like a losing play to start with. But... Um, what, um, but for, from what you saw, did it, did it seem like Michigan wanted it more from what you saw? I, I don't know if I can make that judgment. I mean, they were better prepared, so preparation is a want to. Did, um, I'm not saying Alabama didn't, but they were better prepared, so. Did, did, do you think, uh, I know this is hard to answer, but do you think some of these players, like we might get some surprises? Um. Well, I think we've already got a surprise, right? I mean, Seth McLaughlin's is about as big as you can get. I mean, I guess unless but that's you... A, but that's a good thing. 
Well, I'm not going to celebrate someone who struggled in a game and throw them under the bus. I know a lot of Alabama fans do. Um, I'm not going to be one of those. I mean, you're welcome to, and I don't judge other people's opinion. That's fine. Uh, I'm not going to try to fabricate what other people say. They're more than welcome. Uh, Did he make a lot of mistakes? Yes, but I also put that on the coaching too, Corey. I mean, if I I I sit here and do a disaster show day after day after day after day, it's no longer my fault. It's my boss's fault. He's got to correct the situation. But also, but also, I agree with you. Eric Wolford did not do a good job with the offensive line. But at some point, don't you have to agree that you have to take about accountability as a player too? You do. Yeah, sure. Corey, I got to run, man. I appreciate it, man. Um, good to talk to you, Ryan. Thank, thank you, Corey. Uh, let's continue. We'll take more phone calls on the other side. Jason in Tuscaloosa. Uh, oh, Lord. No. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. So as we make our way McFarland Boulevard going westbound at Loreen B. Wallace Boulevard, look out for an earlier crash in that area. Also, making our way going Highway 69 as we travel northbound up from 15th Street and making our way towards Mid-Larry Road. Look out for about a 16-minute delay in that area, giving us about a 24-minute travel. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Jones. Coming up next on the Stingray Show. On the Wednesday evening edition of the Stingray Show, we are going to continue to play you clips of some best moments from our show last year. And then, of course, we are going to turn our attention to the national championship game between Michigan and Washington. That's all ahead on the Wednesday evening edition of the Stingray Show. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be hilarious with funny moments from last year. Tune in on Wednesday. Tune into the Stingray Show Wednesday night from 6 to 7 p.m. on Tide 100.9. Are you re- right there on University Boulevard, 205 University Boulevard? Call ahead orders 205 758 2455. We always like to say close enough that you can smell the championships. It used to be the fringe of the campus of the University of Alabama. Now the campus has built around them. When you're talking about a great sandwich like the Nukes Q sandwich or maybe a great salad, that macaroni and cheese is outstanding. The bowl of soup, a cup of soup, as we uh, lower temps here in West Alabama, you can parlay those and you can pick a pair. Maybe it's a California-style pizza. Maybe it's the great chicken salad, the pimento cheese, catering from a small office party to a larger corporate event. Nukes Eatery, 205 University Boulevard, close enough that you can smell the championships. Go see Joel Bromfield and all the friendly folks at Nukes on University Boulevard. Tune in to... Thank you for listening to The Game with Ryan Fowler. Powered by Tuscaloosa Toyota. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. With Taco 